Me and my keyboard player now, he was actually in my deathcore band too. Yeah. Because um, we were really into like Born of Osiris lane where we were like progressive. Like we had a keyboard player. Like we had like the techie shit, yeah, the synth, yeah. synth patches and Winds of Plague era, you know? Of course, like, of course. Because we actually made records with Andrew, the old bass player of Winds of Plague. He was, mm. he, he tracked a lot of our old shit. Whenever I need music gear, I always go to Sweetwater.com. If it's mics, headphones, or studio and recording gear, Sweetwater has you covered. Next time you need any music gear, support the podcast by using the link in the description and comment section below. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, apparently, uh, scenting candles are terrible for you. Dude, I just saw that because she was pregnant. So I read this thing that was like, it's it's worse than like living in a smoggy city. Like it dilutes your air quality so much. And they're so popular too. And they're great. Who doesn't want their house to smell like fucking fresh flowers? I know, because we smell like shit. We, I we know. need like we need something to help like the, the room and. Gosh. That's the true sign of growing up is when you realize you just really like a fucking flowery garden scented house as opposed to like a beer stained crash pad. <laughs> we, we come a long way, huh? Absolutely. Oh my goodness! And you, dude. You used to be in a deathcore band. I did, yeah. And I didn't know that. So in your in your teen years, yeah, you were fucking slamming. Dude, we shared the stage a handful of times, you and I. In Vegas, huh? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that was during uh, uh, Mitch's years. It was, dude. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was. It was fucking epic. I want to save that for when we're rolling too, because it's it's important shit. I don't know if we're did we start already? Did we start? Okay. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Right. We, uh, we, yeah. I think we're already five minutes in. Oh what? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So going. my wife gags on religious candles. Yeah, perfect. And, uh, we got okay. Sick. <laughs> do not don't buy scenting candles. Yeah. Bad for you. PSA. Boom. <laughs> and Nathan was in a deathcore band. I was, dude. Mm. I was in a deathcore band, and uh, they were remarkable years of my life, and um. I'll never forget, dude, because we we played with you guys in like the height of the cleansing and like and oh wow yeah just crazy it must have been what year was that released what year was the cleansing released oh six uh late late oh seven okay yeah I think I could be wrong I don't I, know I think this show that like sticks out in my mind it was at a it was at a spot called Jillian's in downtown Las Vegas Jillian's was the one place I thought was kind of sick it was sick as fuck what, what what happened in that place I don't know it just closed down the thing about like the Vegas scene was it. You can't keep an all ages venue open. It was like always like our our plague. You Why know what though? I mean? I don't know. I don't know. I think the city just like constantly shut stuff down and permitting and there's so much like adult entertainment happening in the city that it was always a struggle a to bit. like you know, we were <laughs> and it was as I think it's this, the same across the country, but like a lot of these metal and hardcore shows were happening at like churches, coffee shops, like random fucking spots. Halls, yeah. Uh, yeah. was it Leathernecks? Leathernecks was sick, yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah. Leathernecks okay. was was a spot which was like a veteran. Hall. It was, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. like, how are these how is this shit on the walls not getting broken? I know. Because the pits were insane at Leathernecks. Leathernecks it was, was funny because Jillian's violent. was kind of the spot where like scene bands would go. 
you know, like popular scene bands, metalcore bands and shit like that. But Leathernecks, mm-hmm. like you had to be heavy. Like they didn't book any of the, <laughs> like, <laughs> they didn't book any bands that had any like clean vocals. You know what I mean? It was oh. like fucking thrash and hardcore and, and shit point. like that. Uh, but yeah, dude, back in, uh, I think it was, I think it was July of 2008. We opened for you guys and um, it was Mitch era and it was just fucking incredible, dude. Just such a special memory that will stay with me forever. I remember like seeing Mitch on stage and just being like, like, my God, what a presence. You know what I mean? He had that presence. Yeah. Still, I mean, yeah, he's, I mean, he was by far like the coolest guy I ever met in my life. Right. You know? I feel like it, it's rippling still throughout history, just his. Still. Yeah, yeah. It's it's strange, man, how like there's few people, you know, that, that are on earth that have that, whatever that is, that energy, like that star power or whatever. Um, and unfortunately, just like so many of them get taken too soon. You know what I mean? And. I don't know. He kind of lives yeah. up to that lore, you know what I mean? Of like, dude, here's this guy that's just larger than life, you know what I mean? And taken, yeah. taken too soon, it's insane. He did have that larger than life thing, right? That, that like thing you can't, you can't put your finger on. It's like, what, yeah. like, what is that? Yeah. And I, I was around him forever. I was like, what is that? Right. Huh? Yeah. Did were you guys aware like in the early days? Like, do you remember? Because like, how did you guys meet? High school and yeah, we met. Uh, I don't, so there's a place. Where we're from, called uh, Showcase. Okay, you guys are Riverside, right? Was yes, Corona okay. Riverside. Okay, yeah, and uh, yeah, we met. We kind of were acquaintances. I saw him when he used to, you know, like yeah, like the pit going and stuff. So he used right. to basically throw kicks at me. No and shit. I would basically do that, right? <laughs> like at shows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's so that's kind of how I met him, and then. <laughs> Uh yeah, <laughs> and he's tall. His legs are like this oh long, my, just destroying he's everyone. So tall and lanky, dude. It <laughs> yeah. fucking pissed me off. Yeah. And then um, our previous singer for Suicides, um, he it was his idea. Hey, uh, you know Mitch? Right? I'm like, no, I never met met him. Right. But right. It was his idea to bring him on and do like a song to have two singers in one song. I'm like, oh, cool. So I met met Mitch Handshake in my uh, garage. No shit. So oh, there's a guy that always kicks me. Yeah, you know? yeah. He was coming to like try out or just coming to jam. Yeah, coming coming to jam. He wanted to do that one song with us at our first show ever. Right. And then uh, I'm not sure what happened. I I don't know where he yeah. was. Boom, he was in. Such a a wild thing, man. You mm-hmm. know, just it's weird when you get older. A lot of those uh, cliches start to just make sense. You don't right. know what you have till it's gone. Right. Right. You know, it's just like man, I just had no idea. Right. Right. I had no fucking idea. But then when it's gone, you're like, oh, okay. Like that was a miracle. You know what it I mean? Was, it was literally, he was like a miracle. Yeah. You know I mean, it's a once in a lifetime, once in a lifetime person that right. you meet and you get to hang out with. Absolutely. And grow with. And grow fuck, with. Become in a successful band with. Like what a, what oh a crazy thing. Yeah, it's his, it's his, tough, man. His, yeah. His inspiration too, man, I think is like even for, um, like it just reaches, it reaches so far, dude, to places that like I don't even think. Um, a lot of people would know, like even just to me, you know what I mean? Like some guy in a fucking reggae band, like, yeah, what are your yeah. inspirations? I'm like Mitch Lucker all day, you know, wow. all day, dude. You really touched on something special. Like you, you combined like the reggae thing with like your metal influence. Right. It's cool. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, you know, I, I grew up as like a metal kid, um, 10 years old, got a Metallica record, started playing guitar. Like all my favorite shit was just metal, hardcore, um, very involved in like the whole deathcore scene. Um, and it's like original, like those golden years of deathcore, you know? Sure. Um, 
And uh, when I decided to start the reggae band, like it was like this whole transition. I moved to California to like go to college and shit. I had always loved both genres. Um, but when I first started the reggae thing, it was like I was trying to distance myself from that sound because I was like, okay, I'm 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 doing mm-hmm. this other genre now. So like, let me dig into this genre, learn it. Let me um, like focus on this genre. Sure. I almost tried to distance myself because like the metal shit would come through. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I would like I would just have riffs and stuff in these songs. And <laughs> we have, we have a fly on the podcast. We have a fly. What's up? What's our this, guest? This is, Marty McFly. This is our first guest. <laughs> oh my goodness. Can't Anyways, long cool. story yeah. short, dude, I tried to like distance myself from from that sound because it's just like so ingrained in me. But um, I almost feel like now in the in the most recent years, I'm just fully stepping into it, man. Because like I feel like I'm finally discovering myself as an artist to just be like, yo, I'm all of these things. Like I love yeah. reggae. I love metal. I love emo. I love rock. I love all this shit you know what i mean yeah um so just trying to combine them in a fluid way not even trying just kind of like allowing the music to exist is like what i'm trying to do now here we put it yeah isn't it wild to imagine where you were as a teen because you're because you were playing in like this essentially uh, it was a a deathcore band officially right absolutely yeah And, and to go from that didn't you leave that band kind of like okay, like my, my time in music is, is done. <laughs> yeah, it's done. Like I mean, I kind of my, my ship is sailed. Right. Let, let me go to college. Right. At twenty years old, that's what at, I thought. I was like, you know, that you thought, naivety you thought, of of you youth. Thought, yeah. You thought it was over. Yeah, because that was like a, a question I wanted to ask you too, man. Is like back in those days, like when I say we shared the stage, like. I'm sure you had bands here locally that were kind of in the same scenario, but you guys were kind of on this level where it was like there was these breakout deathcore bands of the time, you know, Immure mm-hmm. and Suicide Silence and um, All Shall Perish and As Blood Runs Black, like this whole generation of bands that were coming up and it was like kind of creating a genre, obviously, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and we were like, maybe f- I felt like we were like five or six years younger than you. So we were the mm. ones that were just studying you. Like, How old were you guys when The Cleansing came out? So seven, uh, Early 20, 2021? 20, right, okay. So I was, I was right. Young. Yeah, you guys were like, that's what I figured, like 2021. 20, we were like 15. You know what I mean? Whoa. So we were like watching you guys, and we were the local bands that they would stick on the touring package show. Like yeah. the touring package would come through, and then they would look, and you know, all right, who are the bands doing it in Vegas and throw us on there? Yeah. Um, But yeah, so that was like, that's just, it was so cool to like learn from you guys. You know what I mean? Whoa. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. And now I'm learning from you. So. Ah, you know, we all can learn from each other. <laughs> there you uh, go. Sorry, Boom. I totally, I lost our train of thought, but that was, there was a point to that, and I forget what it was. What was your question? Do you remember? We're just talking. Yeah. <laughs> as it should be. As it should be. Well, also, we, we should note that uh, you officially don't smoke anymore. I don't smoke anymore. Why did you stop smoking? started giving me really fucking bad anxiety. When, when was this? Like, right around the time I moved to California. So I, I, I was, um, I smoked every day in Vegas when I was playing metal and hardcore and um, moved to California, got into reggae. And uh, I don't know, I just kind of like left everything that I knew in Vegas and I moved out here, had no friends, no nothing. So like I would I would smoke and I would just like be by myself and just start zoning the fuck out, oh. you know what I mean? Um, and I don't know, something just changed in me and I just realized like it wasn't really my thing anymore, you know? So you came here doing the same thing you were doing back home in Vegas. Right. And realized, okay, this is not this is not my shit anymore yeah exactly because it was kind of like it was kind of part of my identity you know like when you're a stoner Mm. it's just like what you are you know what i mean like i was i just loved weed like i just smoked i listened to music i I loved reggae like i loved all that shit and then so it's kind of like an ego death in a way because i moved here and i had to realize like i don't i actually just don't enjoy this anymore you know wow not really my thing anymore but what was it keeping you at home 
Uh, I'd say so, but also I had no friends, so I wasn't going anywhere <laughs> anyways, you know what I mean? Yeah. I was like 21 years old, just moved here, just started going to fucking college, like felt so out of place, you know what I mean? How long did you go to college for? Two and a half years. Two and a half years. For what? Uh, English. English. Yeah. I've always wanted to do that. Dude, it's fun. I mean, it's like, as a musician, it's kind of the same thing. Like, I love creative writing. Yeah. Like, I loved reading. I loved storytelling. Like, all that shit. So similar, you know? Yeah. Um, when I moved here, it was in 2012. Um, it was the same year that Mitch passed, because I remember we, mm. we moved out here. Uh, I moved out here in July, and then he passed oh, wow. in October. And I, I remember, like, it's, it's, it's weird, man, because it kind of defines that era of my life. It was strange. Um, yeah, I moved out here in 2012, and started going to college because like you said I, I thought my that's why I started saying that is because I thought my ship had sailed because all my favorite bands had like made it by like 21 22 mm. or what I defined as making it you know what sure. I mean we were opening up for you guys at 15 and um, when I was 20 21 I started to really look at like what are the next 10 years of my life gonna look like and my band back home in Vegas wasn't really doing much mm -hmm. so I was like all right maybe I uh, maybe I just wasn't meant for this you know because I remember like all the bands we were in love with at the time um, you know, you guys and Miss May I was like so young too. If you remember when they started yeah, touring yeah. and shit, I, I remember because they came out and we opened for them. And dude, they were like fresh out of high school. Like they just graduated high school. I remember they were all 18 years old and like they blew a tire. We came and like picked up their trailer and stuff. But that contributed to, yeah, that contributed to just me feeling like, oh, maybe my, maybe I missed my shot, which is so funny if I could go back and tell myself like, dude, it's all at good. 20, you're 20 years old. You at know? You're 20 years old, man. Yeah. Yeah. But you have a small worldview at that time. Sure. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. especially in the scene that we were in, it was like a lot of youngsters, you know what I mean? Like everybody was so young. So that's yeah. kind of what contributed to like, all right, maybe I should just go get my shit together. Um, I go to college. I end up going to a reggae show and being like, you know what? I'm going to shoot my shot with this. I've loved this genre for a long time. I'm just going to start, start up my own band. Um, From scratch. Yeah, from scratch. I posted an ad on on Craigslist, uh, list, which you know a lot of us did at those in those days, yeah, like looking yeah. for musicians because you know everybody in your scene. This was cool though because I didn't know anyone in California. You know, I had just moved here, so it wasn't like when you're all burnt on your local scene. Like, oh, I know that sure. guy. You know what I mean? Um, my bass player responded and was like, "Dude, I love the same bands. Let's jam." We jammed that week, and uh, the rest is history, man. Just from an ad on Craigslist and shooting your shot. Yeah, yeah. I isn't it kind of crazy how far? Like when, you, when your perception is this and then to see where you're at now. It's so strange, dude. It's like that small world view, you know? And like, I think it's yeah. a good reminder too to us in like our age now is like, dude, it's, we kind of like feel like we know it. Like we, we know the path, but we don't know. We don't. We don't know what's going on. So don't know. Yeah, no idea. Yeah. No idea. Like maybe a little bit more now in our 30s. Like, okay, I can kind of clearly define and like I can kind of like arrange what I want my path to be more than when I was 20, you know? Yeah. But we don't know. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. It's like, you know, what, like, what the fuck's going to happen tomorrow? What, what do I have for breakfast? Right. You know? <laughs> right. It's crazy. Yeah, we don't know, man. I always thought uh, this, this hit me like six months ago where uh, I, I always tell people, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. I don't fucking know. Because people ask you, you know, how do you do this? I right. don't fucking know. I, right. I don't, but I always know what I wanted and I always knew what I didn't want. Absolutely. You know, that's that's all I, the, I guess, experience that I could share with you. Yeah. You know, it's like, I was like, oh, well, even as like a dumb kid. Like, I kind of had that. For sure. For know? sure. I think that's, like, just as important as knowing what you don't want, you know? And then you just focus on the shit that makes you happy. Yeah. You know? Like, playing guitar, starting your podcast. Which, mm -hmm. by the way, dude, I know we kind of started unofficially, but thanks for having me. I'm fucking stoked to be here. Thank you for being here, man. Yeah. I'm really stoked. I know we, we've been talking about it for a while, so. Yeah. Finally, timing is... I mean, and all, from the time that we were talking, 
a lot has happened in in your life. Like you, uh, I saw what you were moving, and then you you had a baby boy. Yeah, yeah, I did. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, because we must have chatted in in what like April or something. I think mm-hmm. I was still on tour. Yeah, um, I think I was in France when you hit me up, and I was yeah. like, dude. "Oh my goodness!" I, was like, fucking, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, I was random. Like, I was like, "Dude, fucking Chris Garza just asked me to be on this podcast. I'm fucking blown away." Because, dude, honestly, like as a fan, I'm fucking oh, like, yeah, I'm a big fan, man. I'm stoked to be here, dude. That's cool. Um, so, so yeah, that was probably back in April, and um, a lot has happened, man. My wife was pregnant. We we had our baby boy, who's just awesome, um, just fucking coolest guy in the world. We had to move, which sucked. Uh, I don't recommend that to anybody. He was three weeks old when we when we had to oh, move. No. It was a nightmare, dude. We were dealing with like a slumlord landlord situation. Oh, just, fuck. Oh, it was the fucking worst, dude. It was the worst. Um, but it was, I don't know, It's it was like probably the hardest few months of my life, dude, honestly. But looking back on it now, because it's been two months since all that, Yeah, it's like so uplifting to think like damn we got through that you know what i mean like my wife and i we got through that shit because it was rough dude i mean like days where i was we were trying to find a place we had 30 days like yeah with a three-week-old our first baby so we had no idea what we were doing you know wow he's crying and screaming and we're like just trying to be parents and at the same time trying to figure out like where the fuck are we gonna live you know um yeah it was rough but looking back it's like it's just cool, man. You, you got a good lady at home, and like you, you have your your foundation built strong. You can get through that shit. You totally. Are we we have a a wide mental capacity? Yeah. That, that we don't know we have until it's tested. One hundred percent, dude. It's like shit, and then once you get it through, you're like, oh wow, what the hell? And you have like a new like capacity. If that right. Make, if it makes any any sense. Right. Like you said, the cliches start to come true. It's like there's mm-hmm. that cliche, like. Um, like you never like you know like God or the universe can only like He'll give you the problems that um, you're able to deal with. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. before I would have been like, dude, that's a nightmare. I never want to do that, and I didn't think we could get through it. But fucking here we are. You know? Yeah, Dad, new spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then even during that, uh, I think your lady mentioned because you because you, you almost moved to my hometown. Yeah, almost. I was stoked, dude. I was stoked. And you and you had a, a place picked out. It's done. This is it. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny how it happened, man, because, like, we were looking locally. My, my wife's from Orange County, so okay. um, and her family's here. And with the newborn, it's like you mm-hmm. you want to be close to family, you know? Of course. Um, especially her. She wants to be close to the family. It's like the, the support there is just invaluable. It's like babysitting and just help. Um, but we, we got burnt out on the search, and then she wakes up one day, and she's like, let's just fucking move to Corona. Like, there's so many houses. Like, we can get more bang for our buck. Let's go to Corona. I'm like are you serious? Like, let's go. Cause I'm down to move anywhere, dude. Like I, I probably yeah. would have gone and got a homestead in Montana or something Sick. by now. <laughs> yeah. Sick. Uh, but she said that and I got all stoked. I found us a place. We went out and toured it. I fell in love with it. And you know, she ultimately just decided it's, she didn't want, she didn't want that life. And she's never mm. been away from Orange County. So I'm like, all right, I get it. We'll stay in Orange County. We found a great new place too. We love it. It's a fucking awesome place. And same, uh, same town. Yeah. La Habra. Lucky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> close. Cause that's the thing too. She did her salons there. She's a hairstylist. Oh, you know, a lot. Yeah. Good to be local. Good to be local. Totally. Yeah. You don't want to add that traffic time. Yeah. The it's tra- rough. Yeah. For me, I don't really leave the house still. So I'm like, I was in my studio at home. Like I'm good. I'm down mm-hmm. to like come out to Orange County for shows and stuff still. But like, um, mm-hmm. it's easier for me, you know, yeah. having the studio at home and everything. How did I know that you were a cat person? Dude, I don't know. I just emanate that energy. I, I know. <laughs> you, ever, you ever know when someone's a cat person? I think Some, so. I'm like, it's funny, today I was thinking, like, how did I know that? Yeah. How did I know? Yeah. I, and even me knowing, yeah. I'm like, how did it? 
Are you a cat person too? Oh yeah, I love I love my cat. Really? Yeah. What's your cat's name? Uh, Leo. I love it. Had him. Uh, he's uh, seven, seven years, six months old. I love it. What kind of cat? I know we uh, don't really know breeds, but like what domestic color? short hair. Okay, so you great. do know breeds. You're a cat person. Let's and go. And your cat is a Siamese. Correct? Yeah, okay, yeah. I have cool. two Siamese. Two of them. Yeah, I have oh, two. Sick. Yeah, one's name is Wonton. Wonton. Yeah, he's like the classic like seal point Siamese, and then I have another one. Um, her name's Susie. She's a little spotted like torty point Siamese. Sick. Yeah, dude, I love cats. They're the best. I, I mean, how do you? I, it's usually in my in my room. It's like it's rhythm guitar players that tend to be like <laughs> the more like reserved people tend yeah. to have like cats. I'm Cat like, personality. Oh. Yeah, they, they they always want to stay at home and right. You know, homebody. Yeah. Like, yeah. And my uh, my cat almost. Uh, I mean, he's great now. He's uh, he almost died about two months ago. Oh, no. Yeah, he started throwing up, and oh, I took no. him to. Uh, I learned the hard way what like the. It's funny, we, you could drive past the building almost every day and not yeah. even care about it. Right. And um, this place was the Corona Animal Emergency Hospital. Oh, no shit. And I was like, finally, I'll go, it was, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take him in. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, this, they, they had to hold him for 48 hours. Oh, and he no. g- gave him his nutrients and went to visit him. Uh, I learned very quickly what care credit was. Okay, yep. Yeah, uh, yep. It's so fucked, dude. Uh, I mean, I get it. Like, you have to pay up front for your pets. Right. But it's just, like, the the emotional state that you're in and a time. It's awful. And, like, the price, you're, like, basically basically what, what they tell you is that, okay, pay this. Yeah, we'll save them. Or you got to go home and your pet's going to die. It, but 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 they don't tell you that, but that's right. a, but that's ex- essentially like the, like the, like the circumstance. Right, right, right. And okay, well, okay, okay. And what's the price? And you see it, like, oh, fuck. And then luckily, I mean, there's honestly, there's no price I would have saw that I, I, I wouldn't have paid. Yeah, it was absolutely. Like, like, we do that for our animals. I don't like shit. And then care credit, and then you can see the contract is like, it's like something crazy. It's like 29%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, that's the interest rate. Yeah. Oh, so if you if you don't pay up in uh, I think my my term is like six months. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you're gonna pay that interest. Uh, Luckily, I I'm, I'm gonna pay it off within that six months. But man, I could see how people get into serious debt with with the animals because right. if you don't have that income in, in six months, then it's just stacking up. Dude, I, I made me think about other people and then like all the other people you see. Cause I was there all day. Right. And you see people in and out, right? Like the dogs trying to figure it out. It's like, dude, this happens every day. Oh man, that's so gnarly. Fuck. It makes me feel good about like my wife was adamant that we got insurance for the animals. Good, I'm like, good. I had never fucking heard of that. I didn't know animals could be insured. So you know, we pay the monthly. So <laughs> pet health insurance. That's a real thing. Yeah, it's pet, a real thing. Pet health insurance. Yeah, folks out there, if you have a pet that you love, it doesn't hurt to yeah to tack on the insurance. So you got two, right? Two. Good. Yeah. What are they again? Uh, one's three, one's four. Mm, good age. Yeah, they're psychos, dude. Psychos. <laughs> they're psychos. I love them. I mean, I know you don't, you don't smoke now, but uh, I'll smoke sometimes. And then, like, sometimes cats just know yeah. when you're fucking stoned. Right. And, and, and they're looking at you, judging yeah. you. <laughs> and, like, and they start, they start fucking with you. Yeah. You're like, Lee will, like, bite my leg. Yeah. Decided to just yeah. fuck you a little He's bit. I was testing you, dude. Like, you're man, high, like, dad. Man, what are you? Are you high right now, dad? Like, yeah, I am. <laughs> Fuck! Oh my goodness, <laughs> that's dude. fucking hilarious, dude. So you met a uh, you met your your bass player through Craigslist. I did, yeah. What what were you thinking when you put out the ad? Just okay, I'm put out this ad. I mean, what, so you said that your you thought that your career was like okay, I'm I'm done, right? But, 
but during like your coming back to playing music, what yeah. what was like? We we like I'm gonna go for it again, or it's like oh I'm, I'm I'm gonna have a I'm, I'll do a local band. Yeah, what's like what was like your mindset? I think for me, dude, it's like similar for a lot of musicians too. It's like playing music was all I really knew. Like growing up, it's how I made sure. friends. You know what I mean? Like yeah. all my friends were musicians, were always in bands and shit. So for me, it was like just being in this new city. Um, and really just wanted to jam. I didn't really think of it beyond that. You know what I mean? Mm. I was just like, yeah, I need like some cool dudes I can jam with and like play some music. I wasn't really thinking about touring and really, and all that. yeah, no, especially because like, you know, before in, in Vegas, like my bands, we didn't really ever tour. We were just like those, that local band that would be on all the support gigs, festivals, all that kind of stuff. We never really yeah. got to that level of like booking agents and managers and yeah. like this kind of shit. All the bullshit. Yeah. All the craziness. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Yeah. So like you know starting the reggae band it was really just like let's just jam let's just you know make some new friends out here pl- play some music and um a couple years in it's it's that's when we all learned together what the booking agent side of it the management you know as hmm. as things progressed you know so you let it naturally kind of get to this point for sure for sure we was like yeah. so happy just being 20 20 years old and finally being a musician again you know because yeah. people would ask me like it was only about six months dude that i made it like not being in a band you know what I mean? Like yeah. I moved out here to start college and then like six months in, I was like, fuck dude, like this ain't me. Like it, this it, being a student, like all this, you know, it didn't leave you, huh? Never. It never did. And then people huh. would ask, you know, like, Hey man, so like, what's up? What do you do? And like first time in my life, I'm not in a band, you know, cause I've been playing guitar since I was 10. Mm. First thing I did was go and join a band. So always, that was my answer to the question. Like, Oh, I'm a musician, you know, check out my band. Here's a CD, whatever. Here's our MySpace, like that kind of shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, so people would ask me on those like brief months that I wasn't in a band and I would just be like, fuck, uh, I guess I'm just a student, you know? Huh. Uh, but yeah, I wasn't really looking at the future of it, man. It just like, it all just unfold, uh, unfolded in like a really cool organic way. And I'm just grateful, dude. Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of rare. Sometimes you need, you need sometimes you need like a, a vision, right? For like for I mean for anything really, right? But you just took a, one step at a time. Yeah, a, and it was always like, yeah, I hope it gets there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I hope, dang. but like I didn't even know what it would be like. You know what I mean? Like I didn't know what it would be like to be like first get the van and then the bus and then like you know all the steps that it takes yeah. you know it's just like let's just jam and i'm sure suicide started the same way because you guys were like kids and you have these dreams yeah. like dude we're gonna fucking rock stages all over the world you know yeah but you don't really know what you're getting into you just want to like let's just focus on playing the best set we can this weekend True. you know what i mean and then it all just starts like unfolding you know and you also you switched genres i can't even imagine that yeah Dude, so, like, there's a crazy thing where, like, I know that in metal, like, not a lot of people fuck with reggae. That's just, like, not a thing. Mm -hmm. But in reggae, like, so many of us come from punk or metal or deathcore. Like, there's so many. And that was kind of what blew my mind as I started, you know, like, really, our band started taking off. We're starting to meet all these friends and other touring reggae bands, all this stuff, you know? Yeah. And, like, I always wore it on my sleeve where I came from. Like, dude, like, you used to listen to fucking, you know, this band, this band, this band. Like, me too, dude. Oh, wow. So many of us. It's a crazy thing crazy huh yeah Yeah, you you straight up switched genres (laughs) yeah i can't like because you i I, I just can't fathom that like right like okay like you you found this one style of music that that you love but but uh, but in high school right you were both 
already listening to metal and were you already in like the reggae scene in high school well there was no reggae scene but like i loved reggae but, but like, i but, was i would like my ipod was similar to what it would be today where it was like suicide silence all shot parish lamb of god fucking mm-hmm. sublime slightly stupid like all that shit. interesting me and my keyboard player now he was actually in my deathcore band too yeah um because we were really into like the like the deathcore band was very much in like the born of osiris lane where we were like progressive like we had a keyboard player like we had like the techie shit yeah, the synth, yeah. synth patches and winds of plague era you know of course like, of course because we actually made records with andrew the old bass player of winds of plague he was mm. he he tracked a lot of our old shit really yeah we're at uh rancho cucamonga so you're you in rancho yeah I, okay well we would come out from vegas and we would track with him um oh, sick i don't remember what he was calling his studio at the time but i'm sure you remember andrew Yes. Yeah, Andrew Glover. Glover, of yeah, course. Yeah, cool cat. Um, we were very much like, we loved Born of Cyrus, Winds of Plague, all the like, because we like wanted to have the keyboard player and play like cool, spacey, Egyptian-sounding shit, you know? Of course. Um, but anyway, so my keyboard player at the time, he was into metal with me, um, but he also, we we fell in love with reggae together, you know? So And then, you know, the other half of the band would be like, why are you guys listening to this shit, dude? You know, this reggae shit. Wow. We just loved it. Loved them both, man. There's a lot of like similarities in the genre where it's really just about the groove and it's about the vibe of the song. You know what I mean? It makes your head bob. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so you, you were already loving reggae and then you see a show when you're 20. Yeah. And it's kind of sparked something back. Yeah. And we had been going to reggae shows a long time, you know, but I think it just hit different when I was like in California and I wasn't a musician and I went to a reggae show with some coworkers and was just like, why don't I start? I've always loved this genre too. Like, why don't I try and start one, you know? Dang. Yeah. It was meant to be, man. I think so. I think so. At, at what point were you writing? So once you find your, your bass player, Nick, right? Yeah. Like, um, yeah. When, once you find Nick, when do you start writing like the EP? Because you guys formed in 2012. Uh, 13. 13, okay. 13, yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Early 13. Yeah, that makes sense. And then the EP came out in 2014? Uh, I think 15. it actually came out 13. You probably have it in your notes. Yeah, I do. I should probably know this. <laughs> um, you make me second guess myself. No, all these notes no, I took. <laughs> no, you're, you're the one that you actually went on the internet to find out what was real life. Hey, dude, w- um, w- Wiki, dude, is off it's a, a lot. Yeah, that's true because it's lot, like dude. user submitted, right? Yeah, I'm always like trying to figure out how do you change the information on 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 the wiki right 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 i had no idea yeah i have no idea i i don't actually don't know how you do that and then i'm like where's this shit coming from because can anyone just go on there and change it i know i was like what the fuck i don't think so i think you have to have some credentials but i don't know what it is okay (laughs) Okay. oh there you go he's got a highlight (laughs) but but i just lost my glasses so you have to read that okay okay i got you released their first ep in 2014 Okay, there you go. You were right, Chris. Yeah, I'm in the band already. Dude. Yeah, Come you on. fucking know, dude. Oh my <laughs> gosh, dude. Should yeah, so EP comes out. Yeah. Sick. So when you're team. when you're writing that, is there like you guys serious? Are you is, it, is, it, is this feeling serious? We were all in, dude. Me and my bass player Nick. Like once we met each other and we started jamming, we were all in. We're like, let's make this music. You know, like I said, I didn't, mm. we didn't really envision a future. We knew we well, our flies back. Marty McFly. Our guess is back. Yeah. Um, you want to have a beer? Dude, let's fucking go. We got we got Dos Equis, We yep. got Decate. Yep. Um, I'm cool with you. What, what's in a bottle? I saw I saw in a bottle. You got Dos Equis in bottles. Of course huh? we let's do. Let's go, Okay, dude. we do. Uh, yeah. Let's do. Let's pull out four Dos Equis, All right. Please. I like your style, four, Chris. Because <laughs> you don't want to ask again. Yeah. Hopefully this flag gets it for us, okay? Yeah. There you go. And then one, it, obviously, because then you do the record. Oh, wait. And one more thing. Yeah. Wiki also says that your band formed in 2012. 
Ah, fucking, it's wrong. Whoever wrote that, whoever went on Wikipedia, you're wrong. So it was 2013. I think it was 2000. I moved here in 2012. It was about six months before I met Nick because I feel like we met in January of 13. So the band kind of started January, okay. early 13. And then I guess, yeah, maybe it, it took about a year to put the EP together or something. We were jamming. That, that's quick, dude. Yeah. yeah it's, I think not, so. it's not bad at all. It was a quick EP. I think it was five songs. Thank you, my brother. Ooh, okay. You want the? I'm a, uh, I'm a classic kind of guy. Classic, okay. More of a classic man. Boom. Thank you. Um, we got these uh, corn coasters. Sick. Thank you, brother. Sick, Appreciate dude. you. So you guys went quick. Yeah. Once, so, so once, like, once you met him. Yeah. So like, this is when, when you're vibing with, with somebody. Yeah. You just know. Oh, dude, we just knew. It's like shit. I, oh, Cheers, my brother. Cheers, Nathan. Thank you for having me, dude. Anytime, yeah, man. Anytime. Yeah, we decided mm. we liked the same bands, and we we found a Sick. we found what well, has that amber one. It's all right. It's good. Okay. It's heavy, dude. Uh, is it? Yeah. Um, it's like it's, it's like a riff. This is such a sick coaster. Right <laughs> um, yeah, we met, and it was so fucking funny, dude. We found a drummer on Craigslist too. His name is Frankie. Shout out to Frankie. I don't know where he is these days. All right, where are we gonna jam? And Frankie's like, "Well, my dad has a dentist office in Burbank, and I think we can jam there." <laughs> so really? our, our first jam session was at uh, this dude's dad's dental office in Burbank. Damn. <laughs> yeah, but I just remember because we kind of knew from the jump. You know, when you meet a new musician, like you can kind of tell, like, "Oh, I could vibe with this guy." You know, mm-hmm. me and Nick hit it off right away, and we were all in, and not really so much with Frankie. But I remember Nick came, bottle of red wine, he's rolling fucking spliffs, and we're just just hit it off, dude. Wow. How yeah. did you? How did you rehearse in the office space? We would get kicked out if we did that in here. It was at night. Oh, it, was at night? A, it was like after after hours. I think it was like 10 p.m. Oh, we all meet there. He's got a drum set there, so we bring in some amps. And It was illegal. Uh, probably. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> Frankie's dad, if you're hearing this, sorry, dude. Yeah, because people get anal when, when you start, like, when you're just going too loud. Yeah, absolutely. It's like... What, what is going on in there? Yeah. Holy crap. I can't imagine if we did it during office hours. That wouldn't have never happened. But <laughs> That'd be sick, too. That'd be sick, too. <laughs> that would, that'd be a good video. Yeah, it would. And, and, and also, it's kind of crazy that um, doesn't the vibe matter more than their actual playing sometimes? Oh, for sure, dude. <laughs> That's kind of been the spirit of like our band, too. Is like You don't have to be the best, most fucking talented, like most accomplished guy. Like You just have to want it the most. It was like that with almost every member that we added later on. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like No one in our band came in as like, this guy's prolific. He's going to carry our music. It was always mm-hmm. just like, like we all wanted the same thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which does matter the most, the vibe. Were you always that way? Like... I'm, okay, if I do this, like I'm all in. Like this, this is what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm a psycho like that. You are a psycho. Yeah, you, you kind of have to be a psycho to kind of pursue. Dude, you do. I'm sure you kind of felt that with the podcast too, right? It's like you st- you have the idea, like yeah, I'm gonna start a podcast. And you start, yeah. and you're like, oh, shit. well, I need to do this. I need to do yeah. this. I need to do this. Yeah, you just go all in. You just go all in. But it's working, dude. The fucking the podcast is amazing. Thank you, man. Yeah, it looks Appreciate great. It sounds great. I love it, dude. Thank you. Yeah, it's great. It's cool. It's a cool vibe. It's really fucking cool. I mean, yeah, you just like you get like these things like, oh wait, I, I didn't know. Oh yeah, I do. I, I do want to do this. Right. Because yeah, yeah it is, there's all these little tests and little like ro- roadblocks for sure. And then we just naturally like, oh whatever. Did you start in the pandemic? Is that kind of like, all right, yeah. here, let me, yeah. The cool. pan- pandemic, weird time. It was like that weird time where, like, you kind of knew who your real friends were. Like, wait, they'll, like, they'll come over. Totally. And, and they, and, totally. And they don't really care. You have, like, the smaller circle. Yeah. Yeah. So I just started inviting, like, the smaller circle friends over. For the pod. In, in person. Yeah. Kind of like, 
that's when, uh, when one of the rare times in my life I was I was right. I'm like, you know what? I see this kind of opening up in like a year. Yeah. So why start start it now? Have a friends over by hopefully by a year it's gonna. I mean, yeah, if we're still locked down, dude, oh my God, that would suck. <laughs> it, it was fucking weird, dude. The way that we had it too was we, you know, obviously like as musicians, like everybody's tours were canceled and everything. Yeah, um, it sucks. We were, we were out of it for a year and then they booked this huge fucking tour. We went and opened for 311 for three months across the country. Um, and they did it like right as they thought the pandemic was going to be over. So like, oh, everything's opening back up. Oh, no. They booked that massive summer tour 2021. And then like the variants or whatever started coming out. And then people started freaking out again. But this tour was going on because it was like a band like 311 investing a lot of money into this tour. So like tours happening. So it was really weird. We were out there on tour for three months, like it, kind of in a really weird time where like. So it happened. It happened. I didn't know This that. was summer 21. So it was like. Like, they oh. thought the shit was going to be over, and then, yeah. like, variants and the media starts pushing, yeah. oh, yeah. variants, everyone stay back at home, you know? Yeah. But the tour still went off, but it was just a, it was a strange, long three-month tour where, like, no guests, no friends, family backstage. I don't know if you guys ended up having mm-hmm. to do any runs like that, or it's a weird time, dude. I think the first initial time that people were going out was summer 2021. Yeah, tours started happening. <laughs> that was, that's a gamble. Okay, let's just book a three month long run. Oh look, yeah! Wow, dude, look at that fly. Yeah, no, it was sick, dude. What? It was the? sick. You know what's wow. cool about a band like Three Eleven Two Man is like they just played that sick New World Festival, the one in Vegas with all the new metal bands. Oh, they did, huh? And I'm like, that is so fucking. They're like the one band in our genre that can can change lanes like that to be like like they're on every reggae festival, but they can also fit in somewhat at these like uh, new metal fests and stuff. Really? Yeah, yeah they were there. I, I got to check them out again. Yeah. I mean, it's very, like, it sounds 90s. You know what I mean? I like, well, you're... yeah. I yeah. mean, but, <laughs> but dude, some of the tours that 311 was doing back in the day, um, you know, being on the road with them and seeing some of their stuff, like mm-hmm. backstage and everything, like the lineups that they used to, like, I'm pretty sure they've toured with Corn and they've toured with, like, Limp, like, they definitely did co headlines with Limp Biscuit and stuff like that. I'm like, that is so fucking cool. They're a band that, like, kind of refused to stay in a lane, you know? I mean, you're kind of doing that now. I'm trying, dude, and definitely with some inspiration from them, man, because, like, yeah. they fuck, they just couldn't be put in a box. You know what I mean? And, like, the early days of Ayaterra, like, for sure, the first couple of years were, like, we're a reggae band. But now, like I said, it's kind of, like, coming full circle where I'm, like, I'm just letting the music exist, dude. So, like, yeah. I just bought a new guitar. I just bought a seven-string, and I'm putting that shit in reggae. I saw, okay, so I have, so that, that's in my notes to bring up at some yeah. point. Okay, so what are you doing? So Yeah, reggae with breakdowns. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, like there's similarities in the genres. Like there's it's grooves, you know. Okay. And I've always been a riff guy, dude. Like I, all of our, like a lot of the Ayatera shit, like it has, has riffs. You know what I mean? Um, but now it's like I'm gonna put real fucking riffs in it. You know? Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I bought the seven. It took me a while to figure out which one I actually wanted, um, but I bought a Legator because it had a kill switch already on it. And I okay, yeah, I, I've always wanted a guitar with a kill switch, so it had like a couple of requirements. I needed a Floyd Rose, I needed a kill switch, and I needed it to be seven strings. So I was like, there's not really many guitars that come factory made like that, you know. And mm. everyone's like, dude, it's so easy to put a kill switch, but I'm like, I don't want to go buy like I almost bought a Music Man, like a really expensive Music Man Majesty Seven. Yeah, um, but then I don't want to dig into that thing and like put a kill switch. I don't know what I'm doing. So I just bought the Legator. It was like perfect. It fit all the specs. Really? I started writing with it, man. I'm obsessed with this guitar. It's so fucking cool. And um, just been having a lot of really cool ideas of these kind of like riffs and grooves to put into reggae. Um, and it's in. It's tuned in drop G. Um, so it's, it's low as fuck, dude. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
Yeah. It's low as fuck. It's fun, man. It's yeah. a it's a wet one, correct? Yeah, it's the white. It's a, it's actually the Charles Caswell signature. He's the dude from Buried Alive. Um, oh wow! Yeah, but it just fit the specs, man. It fit the specs with the kill switch and everything. There it is, the white one. Boom. Yeah. That it. Oh, it's what? sexy, dude. It's a cool shape too. It's a cool shape. Dude, how how are you not smoking anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Look at that, like, dude. Wait, you, it makes you want to get stoned and no, jam. No, it's, it's like you, you probably got high in what? I'm gonna get a center string. Oh, yeah. there, that, that shit is perfect. <laughs> yeah. No, it's fun, dude. It's really fun. Um, and I wanted to ask you too, since we're on here, is like, what are you, what are you guys using like in studio these days? Because gear has changed so much since I was like playing heavy shit. Oh, like, dude, what are you guys constantly changing? Are you guys so still? Quickly. Are you guys using amps in the studio still for your records? Or are you guys using a lot of plugins and uh, real amps? Still, real amps. what are you dude, using? We, like, dude, we roll into tours, but we're the only band with amps. I fucking love that, crazy. dude. It's it's coming it's back, dude. It is, it is though, because it like is. in 2018, 2019, all of the bands were like, bro, we're on Kemper now. And so, like, we all got campers, which is really easy because this summer, since I've uh, sure. had the baby, we've just been doing fly dates. Mm-hmm. We have we didn't tour this summer, so it's just been fly in, fly out. So fly with a camper, have your exact tone. It's been fucking awesome. Yeah. But all those bands that switched to digital are now, like, starting to load the stage back up with amps. There's just something about it, dude. There's something that there's yeah. a, there's a, it's all about the unexplainable. Like, it's so the what, oomph, dude. It's just the oomph. What is that? What do you guys have? Like, I guess like sixty five oh fives or EVH. Yeah, you're you're, you're yeah. close. Uh, I got the fifty point fifty two. Yep. OG and yep. Mark's. He has a bunch of mesas, like yeah. the triples and like Mark fours Mark, and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Good hence, shit, dude. Hence his name. That that's the that is literally the deathcore amp. I know. That is the one. Oh yeah, we all had them. Yeah. <laughs> the, we all had them, dude. Yeah, the shit with, with literally just a noise suppressor running that's into it. it. <laughs> just, so, yeah. just have the NS2 running. That's We're all, good. That's all you need, man. We're good, dude. There's so much gain on that fucking amp, it's dude. It's so sick, dude. When I first Gosh. started in the reggae band, I still had that amp because I was coming out of a deathcore band. And I fucking <laughs> used that at the first couple of Terror rehearsals. Yeah. A reggae band with a 5150. <laughs> dude, that's sick. <laughs> so, so you guys were, were using Kempers, but aren't they known to not have the best cleans? They have beautiful cleans. Do they? Really fucking nice. Yeah, huh. I mean, and you know, we're playing we're playing reggae, so the cleans like you know they're genre specific, but they have great like Fender amps, and I use a lot of like really? I use Orange and and stuff like that. Uh, I know like one of the new ones that's coming out is like the Neural DSP though. Everybody loves those. That's things. The, the that's the next. Cortex. The quad cortex. No one in I reggae mean. is using them yet, but. I like all the metal guys I know are, are rocking the quad cortex. Guitar players are fucking scatterbrained. They, they want the newest thing right now. I know. Every day I open up Instagram, it's another homie selling gear <laughs> to yeah. get something else. I know. <laughs> like when's, I, it, when's it going to stop? It never will, dude. It won't. It's an itch that's never going to be scratched when you're a musician. You're just constantly no. buying the next thing. No. You know? Well, I noticed that my favorite guitar players tend to stay with the same thing. Yeah. Like, my, like my favorites, it's like, oh, that's their amp. And right. Like, that, that's guitar. Right. It's an iconic tone. Yeah. It's like, yeah. that's like their, you know, like you, if you, if you're, if you're at their show. Like you expect to see you, that. You're like, they, Corn better have an Ibanez. Yeah. And play to those mesas. Yeah. Well, that's fucking, <laughs> that's fucking awesome though. And there's like, there's cool like folklore around that too. Like, you know, like, like I'm a big Grateful Dead guy and they like, like Jerry always like rocked the same guitars and there was like huge controversy when he switched to a Stratocaster and it was oh, like oh wow. dude we're talking about the Dead's like Strat years you know what I mean it's like yeah. a it becomes like your iconic it's like, sound it's like a thing huh it is I like that though I like that what kind of guitar is that uh, so he was rocking like 
I actually have a really similar one that's an Ibanez. It's called an Ibanez Musician. I'm not sure the brand that he was using that might actually be an Ibanez, but I feel like it's someone that was custom making guitars for him. But what they're the fucking f- wild, bro. They, they, is that twenty four thousand fucking dollars? Well, that's probably oh yeah, and that's not even his actual guitar. That's just a signature signature model. They've oh got the actual one God. at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame though in Cleveland. They've got like a, a nice collection of his. But yeah, his guitars were fucking wild, dude. Dude, holy I think God. it was late seventies. He started using a Strat. Wild though. Have you seen the shows they've been doing with John Mayer? Yeah, they're fucking incredible. I want, I want to see that. Dude, John Mayer's a beast. I was never a fan before. Um, ribs, but, dude. dude, to be able to sit in with the dead, they played three-hour sets. You know what I mean? Like, the songs that he's learning and the, the way that he's playing is fucking phenomenal, dude. Imagine, like, being that guy, John Mayer, and you're invited to play with Great Grateful Dead. Insane. And it's... Damn, They're what, doing a, their, what an honor, man. I know. And he's killing wow. it, dude. He's killing it. And I think a lot of people were skeptical at first, too, because it's like, you know, you're putting someone to fill the yeah. shoes of someone iconic. Obviously, people are always going to have their doubts, you know? Mm-hmm. But here we are. I think they've been doing it four or five years, and he's he's impressed everybody. I think they're on their last run together now, though, with Mayer. I think they, they announced this is the, the final tour that they're doing as uh, Dead & Company with John Mayer. Mm. Yeah. So I think Bob Weir will keep doing his thing, but I think that is the final... Final run with old Johnny Boy. Take two things you don't think is going to work, and then it works. There you go, you know? dude. So fucking sick. You, ne- you never know, which which you've been doing. I mean, I found out about you, Nathan, like through just looking at my phone. Yeah, cool. And then uh, it's just, you know, okay, if someone, I'm seeing someone do like a Lamb of God song. Right, right. Reggae style. Like, what started that? Um, I mean, so I'm I'm dropping a record next month that I produce called Pop Punk Goes Reggae, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a collection sixteen emo and pop punk songs that are in a reggae style featuring sixteen of my homies that are all in reggae bands. Wow. Um, yeah, it's cool. And that was the original idea. I had it last summer. I'm a big fan of emo, pop punk, all that shit. Um, so that was the original idea, and then the videos just kind of came after as like a form of marketing. You know, like the social media stuff is really just a tool for musicians these days, and so it's like you gotta you gotta use it in. Um, in ways that you can, you know what I mean. But but Nathan, with with you, why does it work? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no fucking idea. Oh my goodness! I'm just doing what I love, man. That's a thing, you know. I'm Dude, just doing what what I love. I'll be looking at my phone, look, look at you, and it's waiting for like this one to come in, and I start laughing. Yeah. <laughs> why? Because it, I notice specifically like some songs work, like uh, right. like a. Uh, you did. I thought it was murder song. You did, dude. I tried so hard to do a suicide silence song. I tried so hard. I looked. It I was. Work, huh? I was gonna do. You only live once, and I think I could still do it. Um, the thing about the metal shit is it's so much harder. Like doing emo and pop punk songs, fucking easy because they're mm-hmm. melodic. You know what I mean? Is like, it because like the vocal cadence or like the the pattern? It's What's more the- so like the key of the song. Like you know what mm-hmm. I mean? If you're playing a deathcore song, it's like. Uh, well, you're tuned in what drop C so like the drop song's a, yeah. just in C yeah or A whatever, yeah, you, whatever yeah. you're tuned to and there's not really too many chord progressions especially on like the classic Suicide Silence tunes it's riffs that are just in you guys are tuned to drop A yeah. so you're just and I'm like okay I don't know how I could turn that into reggae because I would literally just be skanking an A chord Oh, you know what I mean Um, but it's possible it's possible it's definitely possible hey go down Jay the one that got me was uh, Mudvayne Dig. So they're not all on YouTube because YouTube oh, yeah, well, has oh, a. Oh, YouTube, you, you might well, you might have to yeah do Instagram or TikTok just because um, YouTube has the strict sixty second um, and you limit. Just, 
and some of them go over 60 seconds. And you just started doing them. Yeah, the metal ones I actually did first. The what the first video that I did that popped off was the Die Artist Murder cover. It was, really? it was fucking weird. Because I've been one? yeah, I've been doing covers for a long time, just kind of like, you know, just posting music online for fun and just having a good time with it. Yeah. Um one night I'm just at the gym, Die Artist Murder comes on, one of my favorite bands. I go home, I'm like, let me just fuck around and do a reggae cover. This is gonna be silly. Wow. Next day I wake up and my phone was like fucking blowing up like it it hit somehow. I was like, this is fucking weird. You know, CJ comments like, bro, this is fucking awesome because CJ's a huge reggae fan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he fucking loves reggae. Hmm. So he co-signed on it and the internet was like, what the fuck is this and why does it work? Um, yeah, it's a ways back because it was like one of the first ones. There's the Lamb of God one. Um, but it's funny, dude, because the, like, the idea that I had for the record was the emo pop punk record and then I started posting there all these is. videos. The, the videos that hit off more Pure are the metal. Hit. Yeah. Really? The metal ones. So I feel like it's, it's just that like, it's just that combination. You don't expect right. Okay, metal and reggae. We're gonna do like a. It's counterintuitive. The genres are like pretty different. So people are like, "What? This is never gonna work." And then you're like, "It can." Yeah. Well, it can. <laughs> and I'm doing it right it's now. It's fun, dude. And it's, it's on an internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The internet seems to like it. That's what's funny though, man. Is like, a lot of people are asking me like, "Yo, why is it a pop punk record?" Like, we loved your metal covers. Mm. I'm like, well, fuck, dude, the original idea, I've been working on this pop punk record for a year, and then I just started posting the videos, wow. and the the metal ones are the ones that actually really took off. So some of the internet's like, dude, put out a Metal Goes Reggae record, and I'm like, fuck, it's so much work, dude. I spent like eight months working on this album, you know? Dude, the volume one isn't even out yet. You're already getting asked to do another, another one. Yeah. Yeah. And it would be really fun to do the metal one, because like, some of those were fine. did like the Mashuga and fucking, you know? Dude. But Andrew reached out to That'd me, Andrew Glover, and was like, dude, if you don't do a fucking Winds of Plague cover, I swear to God. Oh I, my God. I have it still, the project on my computer, but it just was, it was really hard to figure out. Some of the metal songs, the, the genre is just so different. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. how do you. Turning a blast beat into a reggae groove, fine. That's fine. But like some of the stuff, hmm. like the 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 musicality of it, like the guitar riff, is just kind of can't really, really translate into like a chord progression that you could do in reggae. Some of it hmm. you can. That's why I was gonna do "You Only Live Once" because I feel like it was more of like a um, like you guys were kind of chasing a more pop structure with a song like that as yeah. opposed to stuff from like the cleansing. You know what I mean? It's where I would think that a blast beat you wouldn't be able to do it with, but it turns out you can because they're just four four. You know what I mean? Yeah. Most of them are just 4-4. Four, four. So you're just like, all right, whatever. Just put that, a reggae groove behind it. That's my favorite timing. Yeah. 4-4. Four, four. Dude, I was, um, I was watching your podcast where you had some of the OG members of Suicide on, and they were talking about the Garza Blast. <laughs> and it was so <laughs> reminiscent of us back in the garage in the day, too, telling our drummer, like, dude, it's like this. Yeah, it's like, like, you this. can do it. You can do it. Dude. Yeah. It's funny because you can't do it, but, but you know in your head, yeah. in your eyes, okay, no. The ride is separate from the snare. Right. Alternate them. Alternate but really fucking fast. Yeah. <laughs> and then follow it on the kick. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, that was a thing. Yeah. And not, not a lot of drummers could do that. I know. It was actually that they get blast, but they get like the switching right. It was yeah. Just, it was called it. I think it was called it like the off blast, the off time blast. Or off, whatever, yeah. You know? yeah. You hear the off blast. You hear the, uh, the Euro blast. Yeah, the Euro blast. Yeah. But why? I'm just... And then you have Ghost Inside too. Yeah, what? those are my fucking boys, dude. That uh, they were just here. I know. It was sick. I was. So, well, did you go? I, I went. Yeah, I was sick. Did you do the early show or the late show? Late show. Dude, I was so bummed because I've been looking forward to that show all year, 
And then um, I had a festival reach out to us, this emo festival reach out and be like, hey, do you want to come down and like promote your new record at the emo fest? There was this thing in Huntington Beach called It Was Never a Phase Fest on Saturday. And it was a bunch of emo tribute bands. It was fucking rad. Um, And so we went down with a clothing company. But they asked and I look at the Ayaterra schedule. Oh, August 19th. I'm not doing anything. That sounds familiar. I know there's something on that day, but it doesn't say in my Ayaterra calendar. Mm -hmm. All right, I'll book it. And then I book it. And then two hours later, wife goes, you know, that's the day of the ghost inside. Like, fuck, dude. They're like my yeah. It's how, it's how it is, man. I'm sure the show was amazing, though. It was great. Yeah, those boys are the best, man. They've they've been through a lot. Yeah. Holy shit. Did dude. you guys grow up playing a lot with them too? Just kind of being. Yeah. They were L.A. You guys were out there in Riverside, Corona. Yeah, yeah. Came coming up around the same time. Coming up around the same time, when yeah. uh seeing them around, literally seeing them around around the world. Right. Remember uh, metal festivals and shit. Yeah. Yeah. We were at, remember the first time I met him was actually in France. Really? Crazy story there. Uh, it was at the, uh, what's, what's that venue called? Bataclan. Okay. Uh, Paris. Oh, okay. And then uh, met him there. They were great. Andrew, the drummer. Is just, yeah, he's, he's, he's the man, dude. He's, he's a special guy. Yeah, he is. And then uh, two months later, that fucking uh, shooting happened. Which one? Uh, the one that- Oh, in Vegas? Eagles, uh, Eagles of Death Metal. Oh, remember, I Paris, remember it, it was that. a Paris venue. And, and we were Fuck. just there. The, a, a lot of bad luck. Yeah, this like surrounds like our both both our bands. Yeah, and when uh, huh? I, I need to, to confirm with Ghost Inside because I was kind of waiting for the right. I kind of bring this up right. to them, but right, uh, right. When they got into the crash, uh, I believe we were on tour with Corn. Really? And our driver left mid tour to do their tour. No shit and, to drive for them. Yeah, and then and then he was the one that. Really? Yeah. That was your guys' driver before? Yeah. Oh my gosh, man. That's insane. It's a weird. That's fucking insane. It's a, it's a weird circle, dude. Yeah. It's a very tightness circle. Absolutely. It's like, man, you're just so, you're so close to the tragedy. You just don't. Yeah. Sometimes it hits you. We better. also, too, like just doing what we do, put ourselves in some fucking weird predicaments. You know what I mean? Like just being in that bus driving all night, like most dude. of the year. It's like, dude, when I, when I had a kid, that's when I really thought about it. I was just like, damn, mm. like, it's just weird being like sleeping in a moving vehicle, like yeah. most of the year. Like a lot of no- people are never going to be in that situation because they're just never going to sleep in a bus. You yeah. know what I mean? Like music life is fucking crazy, dude. And, and your thoughts at like three, 4 a.m. Yeah. And you, you that, that fucking, it's why, it's why you start to empathize with every band. You do because then once like you start hitting like the rumple strips, you're like, okay, where where's this oh, bus going? Oh God, yeah. It just it doesn't go away. It's, I it's I just... listened to the podcast that Ghost Inside did about that, and it's probably not a great idea for me to listen to that being a touring musician, you know, because they're recounting the whole tragedy and shit. And I'm just like, this is like so close to home for anyone that spends a lot of their time anyone. on a tour bus. You know what I mean? Anyone? Is this is this the uh, actual picture? Yeah. I love them That's so much, fucking dude. Fucking terrible. The fact that they overcame that and and put out one of their best records to date, and just like they're the most stand up guys, and they're fucking cool, man. I met them during the pandemic too, because I I switched over to uh, I started streaming on Twitch a lot during the pandemic when we couldn't tour and everything. Oh wow! So I was playing a lot of music on the internet and stuff, and their guitar player Chris um, also was a Twitch guy, and mm. so we just started streaming together and be- became buddies, and oh wow, yeah, formed a real friendship off some weird internet shit, you know. It does. There is a bright side to the internet and social media. There is, man. It, there is. There you absolutely to, is. To, there's like these these connections that that you can make. And so this is like the this is like the bright side of it. Yeah. You know, this is like the cool. 
part. It works like how you want to use it too. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. weird being a, a musician in today's day and age. Is like you, it, we're not in the scene anymore where you can just get signed major record label and just get thirty mil and go buy mm-hmm. a house and provide for your family. You know, it's like oh. you got to use it as a tool. So. Yeah, like you really gotta love it now. You really you gotta, gotta love fucking, it, dude. You have to fucking love it. Yeah, and it's fucking weird because you can't just write a great song anymore. You know, write a great song and then figure out a way to get it in people's ears. You mm. know what I mean? Used to just be write a great song and maybe break through the void and people would hear it and your band would be successful. Yeah. But now it's like you got to figure out how to make content for that fucking song. Mm. Yeah, it's weird, dude. It's weird. But yeah. It's cool. It's funny what you would do for something that you love. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's funny. Yeah, I mean, we've done some weird shit to to be successful, but you know what I mean? Like the stuff yeah. that we do, man. To, like oh, I remember yeah. when I first moved and I like was in college and I, I felt like I had lived so much life more than like my other college classmates because these are kids that are just getting in college, 19 years old. They just went to high school and maybe played some sports and stuff. And here mm-hmm. I am. I'm like, dude, I've been fucking playing music and living this crazy ass lifestyle, you know? Like I feel like I've lived like a much crazier life, you know? We've done some crazy shit as musicians. It's just, it's not a lot of people are going to experience the things that we experience, you know? You've seen, you've seen a lot. In those early years too, you know? Mm-hmm. Those early years of just being in a van and just, you know, <laughs> traveling yeah. and all that shit. It's wild, man. How's your perspective changed on what you do now with now that, now that you're a father? Um, I feel like you just give energy to like what's really the most important. It kind of clearly defines like what's important. You have less energy to give to like petty bullshit and um, Mm the things that you don't really want to do because your time is so much more limited now you have a child to raise, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, you just want to do the things that your kid's going to be proud of and that are going to help like push your family forward, you know? Mm -hmm. We're still new in the game. He's three months old, but... uh, yeah, a lot of fucking crazy like revelations just come at you like pretty quick. It's like know? boom. It's boom. weird, dude. And you, you don't even you don't even got to smoke weed to yeah no to get, to get those like you oh, have a shit. brain blast, dude. Brain blast, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's holy fucking... holy crap. You have dude. children, Chris? No, yeah. but it's been uh, I'm, I'm 37 now. Yeah. So uh, I've been dating my chick for going on four years. Okay. So you know you're having like the conversations now. There we you know, go. Trying to get. You want the house? Yeah, are you absolutely. Have kids? Absolutely. It's, it's like, man, I would never thought I would be in this, in this position. I know, but it's never a beautiful thought. thing, man. It really is a beautiful thing. I'm terrified, dude. Yeah, but <laughs> lean, but lean into it, man. It's good. Yeah, it's good. Like I feel like obviously everybody like live whatever life you want to do. But I was the same way, dude. I was so terrified. But um, my wife's a bit older than me. She's three years older than me. So like emotionally, she was so much more mature than I was. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like a 23 year old like fucking musician kid. You know, I was like. 18 in my mind and she's she always had a vision of what she wanted for the family and stuff and it's like it's so fucking cool man to just like be stepping into that and seeing like i don't know i feel like i can look at my life from an outside perspective and be like i'm pretty proud of what we built you know like i'm saying like getting through the hard times and shit it's like i got a great wife i have a fucking amazing baby boy like the band's doing good i'm just like this is the kind of shit that i feel like when i'm older i'll be like i'm proud of this you know what i mean How, man, you are a rare person that's you actually did it yeah. Like okay, my 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 music is successful. Um, I kind of reset my life multiple times. Now I have a woman that I love. Now I have a, a kid. Now a family, a home. Yeah. The band's fine. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing, man. It is. Yeah. I wish it for everybody. Like I wish everybody gets exactly what they want out of their life. But um, just have a fulfilling life. You know, whatever that means to you. It's a beautiful thing. They would have a family and still do your art. 
Yeah. Holy. I'm figuring it out, dude, because like with this guy, I haven't been able to be in the studio much, but, uh, you know, he's three months old, so it's kind of an all hands on deck situation, but it's mm-hmm. starting to get more and more every day. I'll put him on my lap and play guitar and I'm wow. trying. Yeah. He's cool with music. He likes music. So, um, but it's hard, you know, if he starts crying then it's like, all right, put the guitar down. Wow. Gotta carry the baby. You know what I mean? Were you, uh, when that first started happening, did that give you a new level of patience oh dude that's like kind of been my go-to saying it's like whole new level of patience i never knew existed because we don't really realize before children like our lives are a bit selfish and not in like a bad way but it's just Mm -hmm. like what do i want to do today you know what i mean Mm -hmm. where do i want to go what do i want to do yeah and then when you have a kid it's like it's not about what you want to do anymore it's like what does this kid require of me today you know what i mean but i think that's good man Especially for a person like me, because I've been mm-hmm. like really used to just like, oh, I want this. I'm going to go get it now. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know, jump in, dive all in. Mm-hmm. I think it's brought me a, a more sense of like being grounded of just like having this child to take care of, you know, it brings things back to basics as fuck, dude. You wake up in the morning and you're just like, your mind's not racing with a million different things and calls and things you have to do. It's just like, I'm here at home with my family and that's where I'm going to be. Like the presence too, man. It's made me so mm-hmm. much more present, you know? Patient. Yeah. Yeah, you really have to be in the moment. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, take taking those steps, terrified, dude. <laughs> it's scary, dude. It is a scary thing, but it's fucking beautiful. A lot of things in life that are beautiful are also scary. It's true. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people wouldn't want to get up on stage in front of ten thousand people. They'd be fucking terrified. Mm-hmm. But when you do it, like that's one of the most beautiful feelings in the world. It is. You know, but it's scary. It's funny what what your mind does to you, huh? Yeah. It always is like, no, don't don't do that, don't yeah. do this, don't do that. Yeah. But it's like once, it's. I think it takes a different human just to be able to shut that shit off. Yeah. And then push you do, through it. And you just push through it. Yeah. Or do or do the opposite. Yeah. But then it's you get weird, the reward, you know, because there's no feeling like, damn, I fucking did that, even though I was terrified, you know, mm-hmm. I fucking did that. Yeah, it's a cool thing. Yeah, I took on took on a debt. Now I now now I'm not, I'm a dad. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wait, I'm, I'm still doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why I say lean into it, man, you know? Yeah. Just lean into it. I mean, if that's what you want, obviously. But um, I always tell my wife, too, because she'll she'll get nervous before, like, a big event, you know, big something that we've got going on. And I'm like, you know what? Mm-hmm. That feeling of butterflies, like, I think that just means that you really give a shit about what you're about to do. It does, You yeah. want it to go well because you yeah. really give a fuck, you know? So, like, that's a beautiful that's a beautiful thing to lean into that emotion, you know, and to do mm-hmm. things that scare you. Yeah, you know, it's it's like one it's like one hundred percent gonna happen. Yeah, if you do anything that's sick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, for sure. You anything that's fucking cool. Yeah, oh, I'm gonna be nervous and maybe pro- probably have a mental breakdown. Right, or a, a couple. But what a boring life to, to never experience that, though. You know what I mean? Like to never yeah. experience that feeling like, like, oh, I don't know if I can hand, like do this. Like I'm so scared. I care about it. Like what a mm-hmm. what a what a stale life to not ever experience those things. You know, there is something worse. You yeah. Know? There is like a comfort in being uncomfortable. Yeah. Which I think uh, artists have. For sure. It's like this, like, you know, like, oh, this, like, this fucking sucks. You're uncomfortable all the time, but there's like a comfort in that. It's there weird, is. It's a weird, like. You kind of get addicted to it a little bit. You do. You got to do things that make you uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know I'm, I'm, I'm just going to get the seven string. I don't give a fuck what's going on. Yeah. Dude, so as a guitar player, I have to tell you how fucking funny this is too. I bought it and I go, all right, I'm singing a lot in the key of G now. So I'm like, I need it tuned in drop G so I can chug open G's and shit. 
Um, I buy it from Guitar Center. They ship it to Guitar Center. I call the guy and I'm like, hey, before I pick it up, can I pay you guys to like set it up in Drop G for me? Mm -hmm. The guy at Guitar Center is my homie. He sets up all my guitars before tour is cool. Yeah. So I go pick it up and I take it home and it's right when when we're in the middle of the move. So I pretty much pick it up and just throw it like in my truck and I don't touch it for like two days because like I just have no time. We're moving, you know? I have a three-week old, we're moving. I take the guitar home. I finally plug it in for the first time and I'm like, this feels fucking weird. Like, what is this? His apprentice had tuned it to open G or to open G. So it's like I the knew, most. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh my god. Like the goodness. most beautiful, pretty tuning on a seven string, like just a ripper of a guitar. So I call him and I'm like, hey man, you guys accidentally tuned it to open G, not drop G. And he just starts oh. busting up laughing and he's like, that was my apprentice. That's pretty on brand for him. Just bring it back. We'll tune he's it like, again. This doesn't sound like my sugar. Dude. No, like not fuck? at all. So beautiful, the... dude. <laughs> man. Holy crap. It was so fucking funny having a seven string tuned to open G. <laughs> Wow. Probably should have wrote a song while it was like that. Oh, yeah. But I didn't have fucking time. I'm like, all right, let me go move this couch. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. So uh, so you actually obviously brought it back. and Brought it back. Yeah. 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 Do you do you play a seven? A seven, yeah. Okay, yeah. I tried sixes. I tried eights and go back. You know you know what you know what you love. Yeah, absolutely. When you did know. you guys, were you guys always sevens with suicide or did it like change uh, at one point? The moment that we did the change, yeah. Like, uh, okay. you know, teens. Years. Okay, yeah. Uh, I, was, I was a dishwasher first, and you're just buying sixes because right. it's what you could afford. Yeah, and it's what you know and everything. Yeah. Grew up playing. And then uh, before the first record, for the EP on, it was like, oh, it's the sevens. Yeah, you know? yeah. You guys set the stage for that though, for the sevens. Because I remember, you know, we would go record with Andrew from Winds of Plague, and they were, dude, they were playing in standard, E standard on six strings. E standard, man. And it was heavy. Yeah, it was heavy. It was heavy. I remember being tripped out by that because we were still playing sixes too, but tuned to drop C. Yeah, in the, in those times. Yeah, it's 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 all you gotta do when when you're coming up. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but the sevens is a. I love it. It's I, a game I, changer, I it. dude. And so you guys are tuned to drop A. Drop A, yeah. Yeah, cool. Haven't changed. Yeah, very fucking cool, man. You have like a it's like a it's like a a frequency. Yeah. You know, it's like oh, it's, I don't know. I try to go lower and higher. It's like this is this is like the sound of our bodies. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like the uh, that that unexplainable. I don't know. Yeah. You know, how was it for you, man? When when Eddie joined the band, I was tough. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it fucking sucked. But what uh, in what way? Just like it was hard to obviously, it was impossible to replace Mitch, and a lot of people were like, oh, "You can't replace Mitch," kind of shit. Yeah, of course. Which is, I mean, which is true. Yeah, it's just um, this is when I think probably the few moments in my life where it's like having expectations actually helped me. I see. Because uh, I knew once like. Eddie joined I, once I first heard Eddie's because we asked Eddie just out of curiosity hey can you sing over a YOLO just so we could hear right. someone's voice over right right. Uh, what, a, what would it sound the track, like what, what the hell would it sound like yeah. and once I heard it it was a shitty it was a shitty mix which is even better because you get the oh, this is what the it really, real yeah this is, this, is what, this is what it sounds like no and doctoring and I heard him like it has to be him it, it has to be him he if killed it, it. If, if it's not we I think we're gonna have to hang it up yeah I and, see uh, timing 
timing happened and it worked uh worked our way and I, I knew I did know back then I'm like this is gonna be rough. Yeah. From obviously just a hard transition. Hard transition, yeah. fan base, touring. Right, right, right. Uh then you get old like when you get older, you kinda things start to click. Oh wait, like I you knew this was coming, but you didn't know exactly what it was. Right. And people right. people are growing up. Right. Late late twenties is a horrible age. Yeah. To like Yeah. For any kind of uh, adjusting major life transition. Thirty, yeah, it's tough. But that's when they happen though. That's when it happens. That's when they fucking happen, dude. And you cannot stop stop life. No. You gotta just deal with it best you can. I know. I think you guys handled it with so much grace, man. Having Eddie is so fucking sick, dude. I'm such Appreciate an Eddie that. fan too. Like made sense to me, you know? Yeah, he's as a fan. He's great. You know, it's a fucking ripper, dude. I remember those old All Shall Perish records. Like I was in high He's school, sick, just yeah. fuck, dude. Beginning <laughs> of Deathcore, dude. Yeah, the fucking beginning of Deathcore. You guys and All Shall Perish. Wow, such fucking cool years, man. And you were just high as fuck. I was high as fuck, dude. Jamming around. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking good times. I always wish I knew which uh, which you probably know what I'm talking about. Like what like other people actually hear. What do you mean? Because you don't really know what your band sounds like. That's true. Isn't that you, fucking weird? You don't really, you, like, you'll never know. Dude, have you ever thought about like how sick it would be to be able to just step outside your body and actually watch your band play? Like, That'd have you had that thought? I thought all the time. Yeah, I'd be I, like, dude, I, I wonder I, what we sound like out there. Look, look what like do we and look sound like? like. Yeah, because you see videos and you're like, it doesn't matter. No. It's not the same. Videos don't do What's shit. What's it like being in the crowd watching the show? Yeah, it's like we'll shit, never know. <laughs> never know, dude. Never <laughs> ever know. Yeah. It sucks, dude. It's it sucks. So Maybe it's for the best. It's yeah, probably for the best. I don't want to hear how terrible we are. We'd all, we'd all quit. We'd all just quit. Like all self-conscious. Like, God damn it. So, damn, I don't I know really suck that much, like, dude. Dude, I look like shit up there. What the fuck? fuck I look like I'm in my, my 30s. <laughs> God, dang, dude. Yeah, what a weird thing. It's weird, yeah, but we'll, we'll never know what an other human hears. Right. You know? Right. Yeah, we'll never know. But it's tight. Yeah, it's tight. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's kind of, it's what like re, re, requires you putting so much time. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you kind of got to make sure it's it, it's the best it is. Well, this better be the best because we have no idea what people are going to fucking say about it. You just this. have to make sure you can stand by it, right? Like totally. this is something that I fucking like. It sounds good to me. Like that's all you can do. Release Which it to the world, see what happens. And you, you've always been that way. Like, because I, I assume um, like the metal community is, I mean, there is a, a part of it that's very gatekeepy. Totally. So when you're combining two things uh, in in your songs right I, I assume that you were just tuning that that shit out yeah I mean honestly I've never really done it at the level that I'm about to do it at so it's never been that gnarly but like we'll we'll really see what it's like once the seven string songs start coming out and stuff like that because before it was like all pretty palatable you know what I mean it's like reggae yeah. music with some guitar riffs like that's not the end of the world for some people you know yeah like Okay, they're not sludgy guitar riffs. They're like melodic, pretty guitar riffs. I, you know? I love it. Yeah, um, but now like I'm starting to do like more progressive shit. So we'll really see. But it's not just the metal scene that's gatekeepy. I think all all music scenes are kind of like that. You know, people like to protect what they view as theirs. You know what I mean? Like mm. you fall in love with it, but that's also like it's kind of a young man's game to be gatekeeping. Because once you get older, you kind of just like yo. Like what? The, what, what was I? talking about when i was 15 good music's good music dude you know and i think yeah. young people love to attach their identity to the genre that they're into and they're just like have to protect it at all costs these guys aren't heavy enough these guys aren't roots enough you know like that yeah. kind of shit so i think as you get older you just 
let go of all those expectations and all those kind of like preconceived notions of what is metal or what is reggae. And just like, dude, good music is good music, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you think that only comes with age? I think so. I mean, maturity, really, you know, because mm-hmm. some people never mature as they get older. <laughs> but I think, <laughs> but I think it more so comes. No, you're good to go, Chris. I think it more so. Yeah, it comes comes with maturity, man. You know. Yeah. Like how fuck? Like when you think of like a fifty year old no. dude that's gatekeeping, you're just like that's the classic stereotype of like, bro, you're in your mom's basement on the internet saying dude. that's not heavy enough. No one wants to be that guy. No. No one wants to be that guy. You know. I call it uh, comparing small dicks. <laughs> it's pretty much what it is. It's, it's a like, great way to put it's, it. It's like, yo, dude, first of all, I don't, I don't know why I should say this. My, my dick's small. <laughs> your dick's small. Why are we? I'm not going to compare our small dicks and touch belly buttons. Right. It's fine. Just, I don't want to touch belly buttons. Right. You know what I'm saying? A hundred percent. It's just dumb. That's a great way to put it, though. God, dude. It's, it's small just, dick energy is it, what it, it is. It is. <laughs> and, and I know that energy. Yeah. Oh, it's out there, dude. And I, I, it's like a big stereotype of like, like, dude, coming from metal and hardcore and shit, like, we were dicks to each other, dude, back in the local scene days. Mm-hmm. Remember the shows, like, no one sharing a drum set and you had, like, ten bands on stage? Yeah. And drummers being like, fuck that band, dude. They fucking suck. He's not playing my drums. You're like, okay, but you're all playing 20-minute sets, and there's fucking 10 bands. Can we just share a kit? But, you know, it was that young man's ego, like, you know? Um, It's just what it it is. It exists in all genres, you know? I've Mm -hmm. seen it in all genres, but it goes away, man. You know? Especially with success, too. Like, the more successful you get, the less you care about what other people are doing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, if you have your own lane, that's fine. You know? You can stay in your lane, be happy, do the things that fulfill you bring you joy you care less what other people are doing i guess yep maturity now you, you said it the right way not age just maturity yeah because yeah. i know some fuckers dude <laughs> i know oh fuck <laughs> i think i got mature at 35 solid I was, though i like to think so there you go yeah that's solid that's a great age I'm telling you as men dude we mature at a slower rate Women are faster. Oh, they're so much smarter and more intelligent than us. Yeah, they are. It's so true. I don't mean to stereotype, but God no. damn, it's true. It's like it, it sucks to be a woman. I I assume because I was telling my my lady this, I, I feel sorry for her. I'm like, man, what is it like dating me? <laughs> You're a fucking saint. That must suck. Oh my gosh, man. Especially because uh, yeah, when you date like the art, the artist kind of brain, oh, it's man. just it's different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, women too. I mean, yeah, they'll they'll teach you a whole new level of patience, be, being patient, yeah. being a uh, mature, right? Processing your emotions in a, a healthy way, hard work, exp- right. Expanding your mind with what hard work, right? Actually, is time right. and like, right. Oh yeah, I mean, if I, if I didn't meet my my lady, like we, we wouldn't be here for yeah. sure. She just took it. She this, pushed you to push and yeah. Well, that's turn, how you know, man, you got up. a good one if she can make you a better man, you know? And I'm sure you make her a better woman as well, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they'll, they'll probably show up five minutes early to something. Yeah, yeah there you go. Dude, I, I, if I could have saved myself so many fucking headaches if I would have uh, just listened to my wife more times, like in, in our younger years, you know what I mean? Of course. Could have saved myself so many dumb headaches. And sometimes they'll, they'll, like, they'll say something. That you won't process till maybe like a month or two later or yeah. a year later. Oh, yeah, you, you did say that, huh? You were right. I was laughing so hard because I went to go see the new Avatar movie with my wife when it came out. I thought it was sick. It was sick. Um, But it was so fucking funny because in the beginning of the movie, they get into the war, right? And then the the wife is like, you have to fight. 
And he's like, we're not going to fight. We're going to run. And then they run. Mm-hmm. And then three hours later of just fighting, 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 they just end up fighting. Yeah, and yeah, then in the true. end of the movie, he goes, you know what I've learned? Sometimes you have to fight. And I'm all, if you would have just listened to your damn wife, we could have saved that whole three hours in a whole world war. Yeah. And then he destroyed the other community. (laughs) So many people got fucked up. And his wife's just sitting there like, I'm glad you learned that, that you had to fight. (laughs) That was a good movie. I don't know why a lot of people didn't like that movie. I mean, I think it's like hard. The first one like had so many, like it set a standard, you know? It's hard. People the don't like sequels did. and shit, you know? Yeah. People don't like sequels as much because like the first ones always leave such a high bar, you know? Yeah. It's tough. It's tough like when you have that bar set so high. It's like, yeah. dang. Like watch, dude, when Barbie 2 comes out, people are going to hate on it. Have you seen Barbie? <laughs> no. Yet? Me either. I have a newborn. I, we can't see anything. I'll watch it when it comes out at home. Okay. I really want to see the Oppenheimer though. What's that movie about? The fucking dude that invented the nuclear bomb. Really? Yeah. I saw him like, well, what, what is this movie? Yeah. It's about the dude that invented the nuclear bomb. That's oh, all shit. I know about it, but I heard it was sick. And that just came out, right? It just came out on the same day as Barbie. That's why the internet kind of broke. Because they were like, people oh. were comparing the two. Like, you want to go see Barbie or you want to go see this fucking thing? Oh, my goodness. I, for what it's worth, I heard they're both great movies. That's a thing. No gatekeeping, dude. You'll catch me watching a Barbie movie. I don't you care. Let's know. go. Let's fucking go. You fucking never and know. And it has man. Margot Robbie in it. She's beautiful. Of course. Yeah. Barbie, okay? Yeah. I'll probably, I'll probably watch Barbie. I'm probably going to watch Barbie. Hey, go, go, go up, Jay. Uh, top, top left. Is ba- that the two of them? Ba- Is that Barbie, Barbie and... Barbie Heimer? Yeah. With the, Barbie oh. Heimer. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Now that's, that's the fucking fusion right there. Oh my. Okay. Chris, I'm going to crack this second beer. Is that all right? Sure, yeah. It's fine. Okay. Oppenheimer. Okay, so I assume uh, that's a true story. Uh, Oppenheimer? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, which is pretty fascinating, dude. Because he was known mm. to like say some... He said the most epic quote. He quoted somebody. I'm not sure what it was. I think it was like a, like a Hindu uh, religious text or something that he quoted. But right when the bomb went off, the legend is that he said, I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. I was like, that is the most metal shit I've ever fucking heard in my entire life. This guy is not, this is, he is mental. This guy is not a poser. He actually. <laughs> He's not a poser. <laughs> no, people call me a poser all the time. Oppenheimer dude. is not a poser. This guy is definitely not a He's poser. He's the fucking real deal, dude. Wow. I bet he was wearing camo shorts and black vans when he did it. <laughs> I wonder why, why did he invent the bomb in, in, I, I, you know, in I the really, first place? I really don't know, but I think, yeah, there's the quote. Um, I really don't know, but I think that. He was employed by the, you know, the army or the government or something. He was a scientist, you know what I mean? Like some mm. physicist or something that obviously knew what he was getting into. But like, goddamn, dude, the weight of having to, to the, something like that. Recall the line, now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. Jeez. Sample that before a song, dude. Fuck. Fuck. Throwback. Wow. Well, I, I got to see that now. I, I, I really want to see that. I would have saw that if, if I knew what the movie was about. I had no idea. Yeah, they should have given a little context. Oppenheimer, the guy that invented the nuclear bomb. Mm-hmm. It's heard it's three hours too, which I don't know about sitting in a movie theater yeah, for three it's... hours. It's not like my favorite thing, so maybe I'll watch it when it comes out at home, mm-hmm. especially with the baby. Baby, yeah. Watch, yeah. watch a movie about it. Yeah, mom's been wanting to go see Barbie for a long time, but I'm like, all right, well, we'll see when we have some time. I mean, but movies come to Netflix pretty quick. I was hoping because like, I'd like to watch both of those at home. 
Look at that picture, dude. When the bomb goes it's off, fucking insane. Holy shit! Look at that picture. Yeah, it's fucking insane. Where was that test? Do we know? Where was like the first? Te- was it New Mexico? Because remember, the hills have eyes. Mm-hmm. That was all about the people that were there when they tested the nuclear bomb, and they were all like really? mutated and shit. You remember those movies? Hills yeah. have eyes. That's what it was about. They were all. They all had f- nu- nuclear fallout from the testings of the bombs. And I think it was probably New Mexico. Well, that would explain that <laughs> that state very very well now. Uh, yeah, and that's why <laughs> no they say that there's aliens nice and shit there too. Because they a lot of theories are saying that like aliens go to like they come to nuclear activity so that we don't blow ourselves to smithereens. Mm. So they would have test bombs. Yeah. That is fucked. Yeah, I think that's what that was. Like, they originally tested it before they ever dropped it, you know? But... Oh, my God. Seems like a fascinating movie, dude. Imagine, imagine inventing that. Fuck no. Glad that I'm... I'll just write a riff, dude. Dude, I... Dude, I want to kill myself when I, I throw away plastic. Right. It's like, You're I close up my jaw, I'm a piece of shit. I just killed four dolphins. I was like, dude, and like to invent a bomb? Yeah. I, yeah, I can't imagine, dude. Here we but go. I, See, Robert Oppenheimer. Yeah, I could, yeah, I'm very thankful. There's so many jobs in the world that I'm glad that that's not my job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm glad I don't have to make those kind of decisions. Oh, my goodness, dude. I just saw it uh, last week with my, with my lady. Sound of Freedom. Have you seen that movie? Sound of Freedom? No, yeah. I haven't. Oh. What is it? Make sure war movie. Uh, no, it's about uh, sex trafficking of, of children. Oh shit! And uh, it's it's a it's a quick movie, like hour ten minutes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's been out for probably a few months now. Okay. And uh, it's out. It's Was that the guy though that just he produced the movie and then he got caught sex trafficking? Was it that one? Because I just saw that on the internet like oh, last week. I, I got a. Some guy made that. a documentary about it, and then it came out that he got caught doing this shit that he was making a movie about. I was like, talk about projecting, brother. Whoa. Fuck. Well, this is a pretty uh, dark movie. And is I, it good? It's great. It's, okay. it's, I mean, I'll have to watch I it. I mean, the, the subject matter is pretty dark. Yeah. But the, uh, but yeah. the way it the way to tell the story, and, and, and it's, it's pretty. Okay. It was pretty amazing. I'll have to watch it. Dude, this is fun. I've never been on a podcast with the fucking thing right here where Boom. you can kind of just scroll and like talk shit. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I, I can't say anything that's too wrong because we could just pull up facts and then we'll right. I'll, I'll see a fact in real time that I could always correct myself because yeah. I'll, I'll say some wrong shit. It's fucking fun, but I could see how we could just go down a rabbit hole and just like look at all sorts of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fun though, dude. Oh, yeah, dude. It's fun, man. <laughs> but I were, even though the, the subject matter is... Dark. Some of the darkest stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's way worth watching. Okay. If you're going to do a date, like I did, yeah. um, make sure it's in the afternoon. I see. So you have time to recover, have a dinner. Yeah, and it's then, one of those, then, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Have you ever tried to watch uh, Netflix? And, but like, it's like a like a dark, like a dark, oh, dark dude. Like documentary. Like, I'm very sensitive to that shit. Like, and you can't go to sleep after? You can't go to sleep and you can't like make out or anything. It's just, you, you, you know, make- you know it's... <laughs> Yeah, you definitely don't want to make out after Sound of Freedom. You don't. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, no, I'm sensitive to that shit, dude. My wife loves horror movies and loves all that shit. It's not really my thing. And um, a lot of people are like, dude, how do you like death metal and deathcore and all this shit, but you don't like horror movies? Because the two kind of do go hand in hand, you know? A lot of the guys yeah. that are into death metal and shit love love horror stuff, hmm. you know? A lot of, like, tattoo guys and stuff, like like tattoo artists and shit, love horror. They're obsessed with horror. Yeah. I don't like it. Never oh, have. Yeah. You like horror stuff? No. No. It scares the shit out of me, dude. Yeah. 
I can tell it would scare you too because you just said it's like you watch something still, dark and then you have to decompress after. Still, it still scares me, man. That's how I am. I, I gotta decompress. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of like being scared though. I yeah, I don't. I like being, <laughs> I, I like being scared by real life shit, like going on stage or doing stuff oh, like wait, that. Of course, but wait. like the spooky shit, like just hopping out of nowhere with a knife. No, no, no. Yeah, can't do it. It's funny though because I remember I'm the same way with having to decompress. I remember watching horror movies and then having to go watch like an hour or two of Beavis and Butthead afterwards just to cool down. You know mm. what I mean? Like, you're like, I need something fucking lighthearted. You need a cool down period for sure, you man. You do. You do. I like doing weird shit. I like looking at, like, I like being curious and aware mm. of, of what's out there. And I don't recommend this. This I'm not an advocate for it. Okay. But just, just what, what you like. What works for me. Okay. I like just being aware of, like, yeah, there's, I look at, like, like the news, real, like, the, the real news. Yeah. And, like, this. Oh, so and so has been stabbed in New York, and there's and there's a video. Right, just to know what's possible, and what's out there. Yeah, and then you see like oh, like the aftermath. Like, I don't like it, obviously. But I just, I just, there's something about you want to learn it. I just want to be at least aware of what's out there, right? Without being completely just ignorant. And right, it sucks. I mean, yeah, it'll drive you kind of nutty. Yeah, but there is a healthy. I think it's healthy. There, there's a healthiness in it. I don't know what. I can't put words to it right now, but right. there's a healthiness mentally to that kind of just being aware of that stuff. Right. It's weird. No, I think that's good. It, it's weird. I think that's good. I think we're attracted to that kind of shit as humans, too. Why are humans attracted to death so much? It's a fucking survival instinct, I think. I think it's a biological instinct to be like, oh, I got to make sure that doesn't happen to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I really do think it's some primal shit where, like, we got to see this kind of stuff in order to avoid it in the future. Yeah. I think it's subconscious, primal. It is subconscious, huh? Yeah. You, you want to know a thought I had when I was listening to, to your band last night when I was high? Yeah, what you is, got? Uh, which is great, by the way. Yeah. When, when you're, when, <laughs> Thanks, man. When, when you're high and you listen to reggae, dude, it's, I, I get it. Thanks, man. It was like I was, you know, wanting down and I was yeah. hanging out with my cat outside. Yeah. And, uh, for, you know, some thoughts just, will just pop in your brain. Yeah. I was like, why? Why are people, are, are, why, why are we afraid of death? Yeah. Why? Yeah, it's going to happen to us all. But why, though? I don't know. We, we, we have no idea what, what it is. So, well, what, so, why, so why, why are we afraid of it? I think that's the exact reason. I think it's because we're afraid of the unknown. We are afraid of the unknown. We hate not knowing shit, dude. Humans hate not knowing. Hate it. Yeah, it sucks. And the death is like the ultimate unknown. Like, dude, people have fought wars over what's going to happen when we die. You know Religion. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Everyone has a different idea and act like they mm-hmm. know. No one fucking knows. We don't know. No one knows. We don't know. And that's scary, dude. And I think it that's is. why we're attracted to it. Hmm. But, okay, let's say we we don't know. Right. So, what is, so what's the scary part? Are we afraid that there's an afterlife and it's hell? Are we afraid that it's black? Yeah. Are we afraid that it goes on? I think maybe different people are afraid for different reasons. Mm. For me, like, like, here we go. Are you afraid of death? And that, that's my next thought. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we kind of analyze it for ourselves. Like, am I afraid of death? I'll, I'll, I'll be lying to you if I said I'm not. Right. Uh, I'm definitely afraid of dying soon. Right. I don't want. I don't want to die. You want a lot of you when, have life. When I'm 40, like there's a kid there, and like right. I, I have a family. And right. Right. Uh, I would like to die older. Yeah. But even now, will, will, will I be scared? I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, but I, I am. I am afraid of death. Yeah. For for sure. I think all of us to an extent. You know. Yeah. I put on. I do put on the face. It's a conversation. I'll be like, "Yeah, I'm not." Right. 
But yeah, deep down, yeah. I think at deep down for sure, but like it's not something that's in your mind all the time. Like, oh fuck, no, dude, I'm no. Afraid. Yeah, that's called being paranoid and, yeah. a, and a, a pussy. Yeah. <laughs> and that Fair, does yeah. and that, that does not get get you pussy. So that's uh so you don't want to do that. Have you met Chris? He's really afraid of death. He's like always worried about it. I'm not gonna fuck him. No, for <laughs> sure. Not that's not gonna go well. Yeah. No, I don't know, man. It's a fascinating thing. I don't think about it much. I don't think about it's it great. much. I just hope the people that I love don't die. And of I um of course. You know, when it's my time to go, hope it's quick and you know. What's the best way to die? Hmm. <sighs> Old age? Yeah, old age at home. I know it's not an exciting answer, but I think old that's the one. I think that's my honest answer. What's old to you, 80, 90? Yeah, 90, 90 something. I think the same thing. I want 90. I mean, fuck, dude. I'm white, so I'm probably going to die at 60. <laughs> You're probably going to die at 60, dude. I'm sorry. My, my, <laughs> <laughs> my wife's family is Okinawan. Really? Yeah, and they all live till their 90s, hundreds. Oh, wow. Very healthy people. So I gotta like go above and beyond to keep up with her. You know what I mean? Hmm. My wife's always like, "Don't do this, don't do that." I don't want you leaving me early. Mm. You know what I mean? She's gonna live a long time. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, you're trying to get those those genes. Yeah, you know. My son has them. Yeah. So there we go. He's part Okinawan now. There we go. Boom. Long life to him. Long life. <laughs> you ever heard? You're, you're a cat guy. Then and then we'll part close close it off. Mm-hmm. Um, you ever heard of cream puff? Green puff? No, cream puff. Cream puff. What is it? Think, what do you mean? I mean, think uh, cats. No, cream puffs. A meme cat. This, this blows me away, but to be honest, I didn't know who cream puff was okay. until two months ago because okay. my cat almost died. For some, I, I was I typed in longest living cat. No shit, dude. I think I pull did up, hear about this. Cat. Pull up cream puff right now. But I didn't know her name was Jay? cream puff. Pull up, uh, bro. Is this like thirty years old? Uh, cream puff, I believe. It's a she. Oh my 38 God. years old. Cream puff. Is there dude. a video of this cat at 38? I don't think so. Like, what so. does a cat look like at 38? Remember, he or she looked good. Fucking let's go, cream okay. puff. I was just curious, you know, what, what is so, because the vet says my cat's going to live to nine. I don't like that answer. Why? Fuck that. I, I Fuck that. Some, look at cream oh puff. Oh my God. How old is cream puff here? Looks kind of old. What a legend. The, oh my god, she was already 38 here. I don't want to misgender, but the name like Cream Puff, I'm thinking that's a girl cat. I do not know. I want to say girl cat. It sounds like a girl cat to me. Oh but at the same time, funny name for a boy cat. True. Okay, what do you think the effect of how good your cat's name is has on its lifespan? Because like, would that cat have lived to 38 if his name was like Boots? Or it's just because it had a legendary name like Cream Puff that it was like, I didn't <laughs> fucking that. That is, that is a legendary I'm name. I'm saying, dude. Cream Puff is a legendary I'm name. I'm saying, dude. Is it a coincidence that a cat named Cream Puff lives to 38? Because I want to ask, ask the vet questions. Okay, so what, what can I feed the yeah. cat now? And supposedly, he is an older, a older man. Yeah. The vet, he, you mean? Uh, the, uh, the owner oh, of, okay. of Cream Puff. So okay. he has, I think, four cats. You see that mm. picture right there? Mm. And they're all like in, in their 30s. No shit. Supposedly he feeds these cats eggs, broccoli, okay, raw food, okay, and this and these are kickers. Bro, nineteen sixty seven. Coffee with heavy cream. Really? Coffee feeds it to cream. the cat. Yes. Also, August nineteen sixty seven, dude. Wow, look at this, dude. Oh my god. Thirty four. 
Perry. This was guy knows re- something. He's the cat whisperer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Here's your diet. Okay, dry cat food, fair. Chicken, to be noted. See, broccoli. Broccoli. The eggs, yep, see? Coffee with cream. Oh, my and God. Oh, Turkey bacon. Well, what's going up? Boom. Let's go. He will feed a cat eye droppers or red wine. Eye droplets? Yeah. <laughs> How did he come up with this? He, cla- he fucking <laughs> claims that it opens up their arteries. Can you get that guy on the podcast? <laughs> Is he still alive? <laughs> I don't know. Probably. He's sick. probably going to live to 200. Probably. He's got it figured out, dude. Oh, so, my. God. Yeah, that's fucking legendary. Shout out to Cream Puff. Shout out to Cream Puff and to that phenomenal owner. That's pretty... 38, man. Oh, dude, that's fucking sick. I'm 38 in fucking a couple months. That's, that cat, Cream Puff, live longer. That'd be, that'd be sick. Dude, come on. <laughs> it's fucking bad. We want Cream Puff to live forever. Right. In our <laughs> hearts, in our minds. Oh, my goodness. Jake Perry. Jake uh, Perry, he shout out. Did he pass? I don't know. I lost my glasses in Huntington Beach this last weekend. Sucks. I had to go to Target and get an eye exam. Never fun. Really? Yeah, it sucks. What, should you drop them somewhere? Yeah, I was about to get on stage, and I thought I put them in my pocket, and then come oh. off stage. I'm like, let me put my glasses back on. Not there. Oh, yeah. sucks. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks, dude. Kick yourself in the ass, because yeah. you, you know you have to buy the exact same thing that you just had? Like, you don't upgrade it or anything? Yeah. Like, you yeah, just lose happens. something, and you're yeah, like, happens. I need the exact same one. Like, if you lost your guitar, and you're like, you I'm going to buy the same one. Buy the same thing. Yeah. It's not going, no, I'm yeah. going to get a new one, a different one. No, I'm buy the same one. Dude, how was it playing at Red Rocks? Because you, you got you were just there. Yeah, dude, Red Rocks is the shit, and I hope to see more heavy bands start playing there. I was talking to the so Ghost Inside about it a few years ago, and they were working on a show there. And I don't mm. know whatever happened with it, but I hope that heavy bands start going there. And I don't know why it's not like a thing because Red Rocks is the fucking coolest venue in the world, dude. Supposedly the acoustics are perfect. It's phenomenal. It was our third time playing there. Third time. Yeah, third time. Fuck. Um. It's it's a natural amphitheater, so I believe this is true, but I believe it was a like a Native American site amphitheater beforehand, which is kind of fucking crazy because now it's just filled with a bunch of people doing acid every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> but the acoustics are, dude, even on stage, like you're on stage and like I said, you know, we're on in-ear monitors, but I'm like, my in-ears have never sounded this good ever. Every time we play. Really? It, I don't know why. I'm like, how does that even affect it? But it does. What is that? Like, 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 like the air? Or what's the? I don't know because it is at altitude too. So headbanging and shit, you do get tired way faster. You're but up there. You've played Colorado. You're up there. It sucks. Yeah, but you're you're way up there too in Colorado too. You know, you're it's like at the top of a mountain. Man. Yeah, it's so. Have you ever been? Been there once, but okay. it wasn't for a show. It's okay. like because because it let people just go there hang out. Yeah, you can go hang. You can people run the stairs and yeah. people do yoga and shit there. It's pretty sick, dude. It's phenomenal, man. It's such a cool place. Um, there's some there's some folklore too of it being haunted. I have my buddy has a firsthand story where they were on their mm. way up to to their gig. They were playing there that night, and they were kind of being frivolous about it, like, "Oh yeah, it's haunted, oh dude," yeah. you know. And then they got there and they had their worst show of their entire career, like really? fucking broke like eight strings or something, oh, like fuck. in one show. Amps started flickering and going out, and then their buddy Kyle took a picture, and there's like a little figure on stage, dude. Like you can kind of see. It's pretty sketchy. So every time we go there and then someone brings it up, I'm just like, we are here in respect. Like we, you know what I mean? Like yeah. we come in peace. Yeah. Thanks for allowing us into your home. Hatchet lady? Is that a thing? Fuck. Hatchet lady of Red Rocks. Fuck, dude. 
Um, have you guys ever talked about playing there though with suicide? Like, oh, yeah, has that man, ever been it's, on the? It's obviously like a, a bucket list. Because yeah, why can't you have like fucking Lamb of God headline a fucking? You know what I mean? Like, it's only ten thousand. It's ten thousand people. So it's like, dude, there's. Oh, you're right. We did get close literally right. last year because I was, wonder if it's it a like, moshing thing. It was actually Lamb, Lamb of God. Yeah. But uh, we ended up playing the uh, Fillmore. Okay. Because then something happened where like they like the. Because it was right when COVID was right. getting out, so like right. literally booking at venues, everyone, everyone was everything was taken. Everything was taken because everyone's had, on tour at the same time. Yeah, you, you had to play where yeah, where you get it. That was the first time where we were all in competition with each other. Yeah, every, every genre of music. Yeah, because usually like booking agents work around and oh, we want to sell tickets, all this shit. No, I'm just curious. Do you, do, like, do you have any insight on that? Like, does Red Rocks not do heavy? Sh- is it like a moshing no, thing? No, no, they, they, they do they do, do heavy, heavy shit. shit. Yeah. Is that something we can look up? Like, what's the heaviest band that's ever played at Red Rocks? Because like, I feel like... I think I saw... Didn't the Gorgira and Mastodon package yeah. go there? Okay. They did a DVD there. Oh, um, sick. Fall in Reverse, Einstein Kills at okay. Red Rocks. Okay. That would be a sick show to see. Fuck yeah. Shout out to Ronnie. He's a fucking maniac. Dude, fucking Las Vegas hometown hero for us right Is there. he? Yeah. He's from Vegas? Yeah. The old bass player of, uh, of you know, because he was Escape the Fate before. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, their bass player was my band's manager for like four years. Oh, shit. Max Green, Escape the Fate. And then all the sh- crazy shit happened. Ronnie ended up going to jail and, the you know, yeah. Max. It's just It was a crazy Vegas local scene thing. But to see where Ronnie's got, man, it's f- so fucking inspiring, dude. It's, it's insane. Yo, the music is sick, too, dude. Like some of the new shit in the music videos. Yeah. Fucking phenomenal, dude. So good. He has a special brain. I, I just think, dude, the some of the people that like inspire me the most are people that refuse to stay in a genre and Ronnie's like that too. You know what I mean? I remember people talking shit on Falling in Person and him Always. when they they were coming up. Uh, Always. He was I think like they were the first like combining like what was it, hip hop and like, like metal? Yeah, like trap and yeah, it was like, trap like and metal. scene metal shit. Yeah. yeah I remember when it was years ago. Wow, at this point. Yeah. And it I is. was like I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Crazy. But now it's like it's a thing. thing. People do it. Cool. He fucking, yeah. Yo, and it's heavy too. Like he's got some of the fucking like, I know like people, oh, whatever, it's corny, it's this, it's that. It's a gatekeeping thing. It's not a lot sure. of people just, you know, not wanting to fucking, I don't know. They just no. are afraid of change and shit. You know what I mean? But it's dope, dude. No, it's I'm a fan. Sick. I'm a fan. 100%. Of anyone that can build an empire like that, dude, you got to put some respect on the name. You, you, you have to because that's, yeah. that's more rare. Yeah. It's, it's already rare to break through. Is yeah. playing any in any kind of music it's even more ready to even excel at that right and go, right. To, go to that even next level right that's fuck it's like it's damn near impossible yeah it's fucking 100 percent. let alone to like create a new lane which you guys did too brother appreciate that you guys fucking did, thank man. you you guys started a genre that changed so many fucking kids life like myself included dude wow like, i feel like i was there front row witness to like the birth of deathcore you know what i mean just being well, a kid my age in that time, mm-hmm. watching bands like you guys fucking literally create a genre and start something that wow. like that it changed the trajectory of my life, dude. It is a trip how far that's that's gone the genre, you know. For you, like, do you think like? Cause I'm sure people stick you with like, hey, dude, like you guys created deathcore kind of like energy, you know? Like you guys mm-hmm. were one of the first deathcore bands, but like for you, like, was there bands before you that you felt like helped inspire other than like the you know the corns and the limp, like the kind of new metal stuff, or was it just you guys were taking those bands, making it heavier? Yeah, it's just uh, combining things that were at the time. Yeah, it just wasn't being combined. Like yeah. it was combining new metal, hardcore, and death metal. Yeah, it's just it sounds. Like duh now, but back then it was like it was brand well, new. It was like who fucking did that? You right. Know? 
you know, corn groove, new metal groove, Iowa Slipknot combined right. with like brutal death metal combined yeah. with like Orange County hardcore. Right. It's yeah. like it was a this combined. Th- you know, it's, you, you know how it is when you're you know a teenager. You're yeah. Just, you're just, well, I, I want to play this. Is, is it cool? Who cares? And I bet you guys playing. didn't even really think of it too much. You were just playing music that you loved, right? Like you just were inspired by all, yeah. all these genres. Yeah. Now that I, I look back, it was like, yeah, really, we, we, we were obviously ambitious, but right. we really didn't know what we were doing and it didn't really even feel new. Right. Now that I'm thinking about it, I say, like, yeah, we're just playing music. We yeah. just wanted to play. This is what we, we want them to do this and we're going to do it. Like you guys didn't set out to be like, let's create a new genre no it just happened it just happened you guys were you just were playing who you were yeah do you remember when the term deathcore came came about not there's no exact memory uh-huh. but i remember the only memory that I do have is like some pat like some pastor by like was talking about it like what deathcore the fuck is that and then like you said a pastor no like uh like some like passing like oh comment was right, made right. Or, like always someone like put it in a, a magazine where, right like, it's just in passing. We're like, huh? Okay. And then we just never keep, heard that before. Yes, yeah, that's weird. It's stupid as fuck. And then we just. I guess that's what we are. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's weird. That's fucking crazy, man. I'm actually. I I actually claim the term deathcore because I always find it weird that like when you see interviews with Corn and stuff, right? Or, like, or Slipknot, whatever they they don't uh, take in the word uh, new metal. No, no. I, I, which I get. I totally get it as, as an artist. I, yeah. I, I get it. However, when when you're fan of it i had that that perspective yeah. where it's like we are we will literally die for this term right we we live by this this these two stupid words combined right so when it comes to deathcore i'm like you know i i know that fan perspective so I, you know i i, I claim it that's know, a fucking cool you know, take deathcore we fucking fuck yeah, yeah. We, we, uh, that's 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 us because yeah. i know people live by that word 100 percent words 100 so, i mean that's fucking cool so you so you're saying like you saw corn and them like being like oh we're not like new we're just a band we just play our music i i i get it i never i see i get it totally i respect them as fuck but i right. just i never resonated with the, that one thing right for you you're just yeah, like, for, yeah. for me i never resonated so i just did the opposite that's fucking sick dude so i like, love that ss we're fucking deathcore and and fuck you you know yeah. yeah well yeah because obviously you guys have progressed you guys have changed your sound you guys have evolved you guys have done all yeah. sorts of different stuff since you know the fucking creating of fucking deathcore mm-hmm. but um yeah i like that Crazy you time. just just embrace it man you know? Yeah, yeah, it's fucking cool. Do people ever put a, a, a term on you? Uh, yeah, there's. I feel like the the thing that we're doing now as like reggae artists, like in America, it's still like a relatively new thing. Like you had Sublime in the '90s, yeah, um, and then beyond that, you know, you had a few bands like Slightly Stupid and and bands like that come about 311 and stuff. But there's like this new wave that's been happening in the last 10 years, which is like very much what my band is involved in. That no one really knows what to call it. It's just like an American reggae scene that's going on. You know what I mean? Because it's not it's not Jamaican reggae. It's not Roots. It's not like mm. foundation. Like doesn't sound like Bob Marley, but it also doesn't sound like Sublime. You know what I mean? It's not like surf rock reggae. So people are always trying to put a name on it, but I don't think anything's ever really stuck. I think the closest thing, which but it's kind of like a, it's kind of like degrading in a sense. Like people call it Cali reggae. Cali reggae. Yeah, people are like, oh Cali reggae. But some of the best fucking bands that fall into that genre are from massachusetts or florida or whatever but it just kind of gets dubbed as like cali reggae but mm. i think what the the overall what it's trying to describe is like this new wave of like american reggae you know so mm. some people call it contemporary reggae or modern reggae or you know american mm. reggae cali reggae but nothing's really ever stuck like we didn't actually get a real fucking genre name mm. you know but if even like you go on pandora and shit like there's playlists called like cali reggae 
half the bands on there are not even from California. It's just the term that has kind of been dubbed. You know what I mean? Uh, but there's never really been anything that stuck. But and and then that kind of name, it kind of seems to simplify the genre of what it is. But I really do think, man, it's something really fucking cool and really special that's been going on in America with these like younger reggae bands coming up. It's a yeah. fucking beautiful scene, man. And it reminds me a little bit of those early deathcore years where you had like these bands that were coming up, kind of pioneering a genre. You know what I mean? That was going to yeah. have waves for decades to come. It's mm. kind of the same thing going on. We just don't really know what to call it. But like, there's a bunch mm. of fucking really cool reggae bands coming out from America that are like changing the game right now you know and how many years is, is it going on uh it's hard i feel like it probably started kicking around in like 08 09 but bands are like it's really just starting to get its roots and kind of really take shape now until you hmm. know there's some bands that are really pushing the genre forward but yeah see i mean there's bands like ub40 that like are not from jamaica you know and there's bands that have been playing reggae for a long time um like the uk and england has one of the best reggae scenes in the world really yeah yeah um, and Hawaii, it's huge in Hawaii. Like there's so many Hawaiian reggae bands that they've started their own lane out there of just Island reggae, you Whoa. know? Yeah. It's fucking cool, man. But it's like, we have something here too in America. You know what I mean? We have something here too. That's bubbling mm. up. That's, that's really fucking cool. Have you guys played Hawaii yet? Yeah. Yeah. We did a Hawaii times? tour. We just did a one, uh, a one Hawaii tour in the summer of 2019. We did four islands. Uh, How was that? It was fucking cool, dude. And it was right around an album release that we did. Uh, it was my birthday. Was, oh, uh, dude, that's fuck. sick as fuck. It was cool as fuck, dude. We did Maui, Kauai, Big Island, and Oahu. Uh, it was wow. Damian Marley. Yeah, that's the that's the tour that that it was. So that band Soja, that's the homies. They uh, they're on this new record I'm dropping um, next month. They actually mm -hmm. just won the Reggae Grammy. They're the first non-Jamaican artist to ever win a Reggae Grammy. That's a massive deal. It was a big deal. They're, so you know they're American. Um, it really like f I what don't a know. Milestone. Yeah, they took a lot of heat for it in a weird way because like people gatekeep all genres, and obviously there's like a lot of you know differing opinions. Some sure, uh, but but. A, a crazy thing just because when it comes to a genre it's like they're gonna evolve man genres are gonna evolve you know what i mean and so all of them they all are man they all are like if you it's the same way where like you know you get old heads in metal that were probably like dude deathcore isn't fucking death metal you know what i mean like dude. i'm an old head you know what i mean and they still do it they still Weird. talk shit oh that's the new age shit you know um, I can't imagine how it is in reggae. Yeah, it's the same thing, man. You know, because reggae is such a uh, important, like, political and like. You're right. It's like, such an important genre for like. Reggae started in the '60s, correct? Yeah, it's around in '60s, '70s, yeah. So you're yeah, talking it started with ska. And, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it started by Jamaicans that were fighting oppression in their own country. You know what I mean? But the music's fucking profound, and it found its way all the way across the globe to where now different people from different countries like fall in love with it and put their own spin on it so now you have mm. you know australian reggae uk reggae american reggae hawaiian reggae yeah music's music man and it's gonna find its way to different people and inspire different people and it's gonna fucking change and evolve and you can fight that and be pissed off your whole life or you can just embrace good music you know how is the gatekeeping different from from the two genres that 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 you personally have have seen i'd say it's fairly similar other than maybe in the sense that like in death metal like there's no actual like religion behind death metal people often mm. like live by it like it's an ideology you know what i mean like you see a death metal guy like that's a death metal guy like he hates yeah. poser shit <laughs> he, like, you know what i mean but he, he hates garza for sure <laughs> no, no, no 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 but um 
But uh, like in reggae, it's like, I mean, it's been used that like there's actually a whole religion, you know, Rastafarianism behind this music that the, the music is an actual, the main vehicle to push the religion forward in Jamaica and things like that. So mm. it's like the gatekeeping can be a little yeah. more intense, you know, but at the end of the day, like I said, good music's good music and you got to just um, embrace it for what it is and know that it's, it's going to affect people differently and people, different people will be inspired by it and create new forms of it. Develop in Jamaica during the 1930s. Yeah. So that's the religion itself. Yeah. And then reggae music kind of became a huge staple in this religion. You know what I mean? Whoa. Yeah. Which took 20 to 30 years after yeah. this. Huge part of the culture, man. Huge part of the that's, culture. That's a pretty massive, like, culture dent. Right. And then Bob Marley put it on the fucking map. <sighs> Bob Marley put it on the map. I finally understood Bob Marley about two years ago. Yeah. When, uh. Went to the beach, hung out with friends. Is pre put up the umbrella, sat down. Yeah, it's crack open a couple couple beers. Right, right. They put on Bob Marley. I was like, oh, yeah, I get it, dude. It's profound. It's profound, man. You you could literally feel the tension leaving your flesh, hundred percent. And like you could feel the the music doing its work on your subconscious. Yeah, it's just like a. It's a very universal sound it's a groove man it like is everybody's into you know and then yeah. it's crazy too man like a lot of people look at reggae as like oh it must be the most especially dude coming out of metal into reggae people how could you play it it's so simple you know we were into the techie <laughs> metal shit you know like we loved sweeping and fucking techie it. I, yeah it's not really my thing i'm more of a riffer yeah. I, i'm just never really a shred guy i'm yeah. much more of a fucking give me some dope riffs yeah um, but a lot of people look at reggae and like, oh, it's such a simple form of music. But dude, when you no, put on Bob and no. you listen to the layers there, the musicality and in in some of those Bob Marley tracks is fucking insane, dude. Fucking insane. I mean, the harmonies, the backup singers, the keyboard players, the bass player, the percussionist, like musically is fucking phenomenal. I think a lot of it just comes from letting your expectations down and just, you know what yeah. I mean? Like mm -hmm. you were just in a space right there on the beach where you're just like, you know, like, I'm not wow. going to not going to put any prejudgments on what a, this music should make me feel like. Just mm -hmm. feel, just feel it. Feel it. Felt yeah. good, man. Last night I felt so good. Right. It was so nice. <laughs> right. Like, Damn, just outside chilling. Dude. It was fucking, it was just pure, it was just pureness. It, yeah. Like, you know, I think we all kind of crave that pure joy energy into yeah. our bodies. It's right. nice. You're not thinking yeah. about it's it. It's just nice. Dude, I had that happen so much, like, like with country, dude, because I always had fucking, I like everything but country. I was one of those guys. Mm. I fucking love country now. Just love it, dude. Wow. Just love it. I'm open-minded, man. Okay. I'm open-minded. I got to re rethink country then. You never know. You might be on a back road somewhere just driving and a Boom. certain song comes on and you just go, Oh, we get it. I get My it. buddy, my best friend in the whole world, Kyle K. Goha, just texted me last week and he was visiting his family in Colorado. He always hated country. He texted me yesterday, I understand country now. I think he was just on the back road in a golf cart and he just texted me, I understand country now. I'm all, all right, dude. You know, just music is music, man. Damn. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah, it all takes a certain moment, and it's the right the right song to come on, and boom, yeah. you're in. And letting a piece of our ego go enough to allow it of in. Course, yeah. That's it. You know what I mean? That's I it. it. All, all music is sick, dude. Yeah. You, you never know what's what's going to strike a chord. You right. Know? Some music does suck ass, <laughs> but, but yeah. But it depends on what's the intention, you know? Yeah. Our, our old stuff sucks. It's yeah. All right. I mean, yeah. fuck, dude. Our stars is so bad. Your guys' old shit is sick. Ours Appreciate is, that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, we all feel that way about our old stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It's like you just look back and you cringe. You're like, oh, yeah. fuck, I suck. I still yeah. suck. Uh, well, uh, every artist is going to feel like that, dude. We're bound to feel it's, like yeah, that. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's just, 
it's one it's just one of those things where it's like if you didn't have it, that would actually be a real problem. Right. If you weren't critical or you weren't like you didn't look back. I know and, people like that, dude. It's fucking weird. Really? Like they think their music is the best thing in the entire oh, world. No. And I'm just like, dude, how are you not self deprecating at all? Yeah. Like there is like a fuck. That's fuck, dude. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's important. It's important to be a little bit like self conscious just to you know, we're artists, man, you know? Mm-hmm. I put out a song and never listen to it ever again. Really? A lot of the times, I'm not going to listen to my own shit, you know, unless I'm listening to it from like an analytical perspective. Like, what did I do here that I could do different? But I'm not going to put on my own song and fucking vibe to it. You know what mm. I mean? That's not once it's released, not once it's out. Oh, so it's just boom, it's over, it's done. Yeah. It's a, you know, I listened to it a million times when making it. It's gone, you know? Yeah, you're right. There's like a lot that goes into it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's the same thing you said of, like, you can't really hear yourself as a fan can hear it. You're yeah. always going to fucking hear, oh, try. I know how I played it right here. Oh, yeah, this part try. fucked me up. You know, this kind of shit. Yeah, and then your skills evolve, and you're like, man, I sucked back then. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Speaking of, like, reggae, uh, and then and we'll actually cl- close it off. Yeah. But, uh, so that people really understand, like, the technicality of reggae. To me, I was, like, driving up here. I'm like, you know what? I want to I wanna ask anything for guitar lessons. Yeah, that's that, that's my thought process. I'm like, you know, I I hear something that I can't do, right? Because still, I ear will be like, oh, you can probably just do a few chords. The skank, no. but it's I, the skank. But I just there's a tempo in that in the right hand that I know I cannot fucking. No, do. you could fucking do it, dude. You're a fucking insane guitarist. But, but it'll, you it'll, just it'll, yeah, it took time. Yeah, I, I I need someone to fucking like. You could get it in. Like, show 20. me, like, okay, this is what you gotta do, you fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so funny you say that, dude, because I was on Chris from Ghost Inside's podcast during the pandemic. Nice. And I said the opposite thing to him. I said, Chris, I just wanna show you. I just wanna see if you can play a guitar skank. And he was like, Don't make me do it, dude. Don't make me do it. And I I had him play along with an Ayatera song and stuff. Um, different timing yeah no it's fucking easy though dude like you play some insane shit on the guitar you, it's, it's a, easy it's just a feeling you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's just a feeling cause like also two reggae guys are gonna be like like how do you palm mute a riff like that a pinch harmonic what is wow. that you know what I mean it's just different it's just <laughs> what it's just crazy. what you dedicate your energy to That's you know what crazy. I mean it's just what you dedicate your energy to you could play it in a heartbeat dude yeah I just need to just and he thinks someone to show me. Yeah, I'm just I'm just fascinated what like the right hand can do as far as like rhythms well, and timing. I'd, I'd be honored to show you. Thank you, Nathan. Yeah. Oh you. yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, no, well now well, now you're on the spot. You can't. Yeah. You got you got you got, you got to do it now. Um, I actually asked. I'll show you right now. 100. percent Right. Okay. This one. You know what? You could play the corn one. Okay. And then you could show me. Okay. What are these tuned to A? That's a uh, standard A. That's the that's the corn tuning. So you would want to just like rip a bar chord like this, like a like a D minor. We're out of tune, but D minor. Okay, this yeah. is the first time we're actually gonna bust these out. Yeah, really? Yeah, first. And so we don't have picks or anything, but yeah, any minor chord. The it's just a percussive thing. So you're just looking at it like a percussive. So you're gonna hit a down, down, and then palm mute on the. Uh, well, it's not even a palm mute. It's more of a finger mute. You know where you kind of lift off a little bit. So you're letting the down kind of breathe and you're choking on the up. Yeah, there you go. You hear how dead into the up is though? I mean, already right there is fucking stellar. So I'm kind of lifting my fingers off just enough to choke out the sound on the up. So I'm pressing down and then these fingers, my left hand, 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Slightly letting up so it chokes the sound. And then like. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's it's just a percussive thing. That's the that's the basic reggae Bit, skank. That's okay. Yeah. That's so fucking awkward. It's it's different. It's just different, man. And the beauty of it too is like okay. everyone, like dude, some of these guitar players that are like my acquaintances in this reggae thing, like everyone has their own style of doing that kind of thing. The same way, it's like mm -hmm. not everyone's pinch harmonics going to be the same. You know what I mean? Everyone like is, that's it's the, all different. Own voice, like playing there these things and like. Even something as simple as the reggae skank, dude, there's so many cool and unique ways to make variations with that and stuff, you know? And it's infinite, too. It's infinite. Like, you'll hear guys and just be like, fuck, I never thought about playing like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's fucking cool, dude. It's, it's that special moment that hopefully you could, you could capture. Well, wait, that's, that's not, I, I just wrote that. Absolutely. Sick. Absolutely. Those, those are those big victories, dude. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, 100%. Well, Nathan, you have dates coming up, right? Um, we do have dates coming up, yeah. Cool. So just so you know, this drops Monday. So whatever you okay. have uh, after Monday, you could push. Sweet. Um, the big thing for me right now is Pop Punk Goes Reggae. Um, it comes out everywhere September 15th. 16 songs of emo and pop punk bangers covered by me and a bunch of my homies from this reggae world. Mm. Uh, that comes out September 15th. And then um, the band Ayaterra is going to be on tour in September. We're doing two weeks up the West Coast. So what's that first well, that's an Orlando gig we're doing next week, but then nice. the tour, excuse me, tour starts September 8th until I want to say like the 20 something. Nice. Yeah, 22nd. So if you're on the West Coast, come check us out, come see us. Uh, and it should be cool. We're dropping a single a week until the album comes out next month. So every week it's new music and then the full record comes out on the 15th. Great. Yeah, dude. So your first, first day of the tour is September 8th in, in Montana. Yeah. Hemp Festival. Washington, yeah. September 10th, yeah. 12th. Wonder Ballroom, never been there. Well, Portland, yeah. Sick. Yeah. UC Theater, fuck yeah, that's going to be sick in Berkeley. Yeah. East Spades, Sacramento, Catalyst, Santa Cruz. Yeah. Oh, you guys have a lot of fun. You guys like the Catalyst? You guys do the Catalyst, yeah? Yeah. When you're sick. up there? Yeah. That's cool. Fun spot. Yeah, dude. Should be cool. Looking forward to it. Well, badass. Yeah. And you'll be going back home, apparently. Yeah. October 8th. It's been great. Yeah, yeah. There's a big festival called Reggae Rise Up. It's always would fun. You, would you consider that like, like a hometown? This yeah. Like, yeah, we do my, one my, my for sure. We do one every year in Vegas that that festival sponsors. Like It's called the Ayaterra Hometown Throwdown. Um, but then this is a – they just started doing it. Last year was the first year for Reggae Rise Up Las Vegas, uh, October 6th through the 8th, and it's a fucking incredible festival. So I'll be there Wow. Uh, with Ayaterra, and I'll also be there. Um, my clothing company does vendor spots at all of these festivals. Festival, so I'll be running that with wifey and that's what's up. We'll be hanging, dude. I feel like we didn't cover a lot, but we're just hanging. I'm sorry. That's it's way better this way. <laughs> just have me back because we have so much more shit to talk yeah, about, dude. We're, we're just we're fucking just hanging. hanging. <laughs> well, before I, I pee my pants, Nathan, thank, thank you for making time to, to hang out with me dude. and uh, and also open up my mind, but also open up the minds of people watching and listening to uh, some new music. Yeah, cool, yeah. man. Dude, thanks for having me, man. I'm a fucking incredible fan, and uh, I appreciate your open-mindedness to even just have me on the pod. It's been a blast. Honor, man. Cheers, my brother. Uh, everyone, that's it. Later. Yes.